Welcome to another episode of the Meet and Greet Barbecue Podcast. This episode, we are interviewing Steve, Mr. Beads underscore barbecue on Instagram. He also has a Facebook page and we talk all things grilling as normal, but also his love for quicker cooks, which a number of our guests previously have been obsessed with slow ones. Listen to find out more. Hello, Steve. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? All right. Thanks, guys. I'm right. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. And I'm guessing you're fine, Owen, as normal? Yeah, you know, happy to be here again. Glad I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I've brought myself back. <laughs> well, as you know, Steve, we are here to talk all about food and barbecue and just really to find out how people can take things to the next level, really. How did you originally get into barbecuing? Yeah, so I'm 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 a lockdown barbecuer, to be honest. So I uh, don't want to ponder on lockdown so much obviously but it's not been great it's it's so I, I kind of started properly barbecuing about nine months ago now and I'd always kind of dabbled a little bit in the past as like, I think as everybody always did it's like just throw a well I'm not a gas person in the in the in years gone by not anymore but like just throw something on the barbecue and, and just chuck it out and then found myself with a lot of time come lockdown after being made redundant well furloughed and then redundant twice <laughs> Uh, so yeah and I, I think it's just like speaking to some friends and stuff like that about some of the stuff that I was doing it it kind of made sense you know food has always been in my past it's always been in, in kind of in my life uh, I went to catering school when I left school for for a couple of years and and worked as a as a chef kind of really really early like in my career but then been that uh probably my only regret in life actually to be honest so did that for a little bit and, and went to catering college and worked at a couple of hotels and stuff but it had always been there in the background so I'd always been a bit of a a bit of a dabbler when it when it <laughs> kind of comes to stuff like this so but yeah but I think over the last nine months or so it's just kind of really picked up and just kind of you know excuse the pun but stoked the coals a little bit inside and and just kind of have got that going really so have you become an addict over the last nine months in my head yes <laughs> I don't I don't think about much else if I'm honest but time is always a factor so I've you know I I think fa- I think family obviously plays a massive part of that I think most people would agree that obviously that if you work around the family I mean so I've you know I've got two children myself from a previous marriage my partner who I live with she's got two children as well uh, two of them are in in exam year so we're kind of getting through that but I think yeah I think in my head I kind of talk I think about it all the time I talk about it all the time that's probably an addict right <laughs> I think I think that's the, if you look up the definition yes <laughs> when I when I prod my girlfriend and say oh you're you're really you're really rare <laughs> she's like oh am I she's like oh, am I really and I'm like oh yeah you're rare um, so, but nice no, yeah I, yeah it's 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 a massive buzz it is a bit of a buzz have you started having the barbecue dreams yet? No. No. So well, that's that, something that's, to look forward to. That's one thing that um, I think Owen and I have been barbecuing a lot over the last year, like, like yourself anyway. But particularly since we've started this podcast, I've had a few times where I've woken up and thought, oh God, I've just dreamt of barbecuing for la- what <laughs> feels like a very long, in-depth dream of what could be 20 minutes, half an hour long in what would feel like real time. Is that sad? It probably is. <laughs> I'm intrigued to know some detail. I mean, what what are you cooking? <laughs> it's like first off, and is it any good? <laughs> so the other, the last one that I had, I was in my dream of trying to reverse sear a steak, and 
I put in these uh, wireless thermometers that, that, that I recently got and they kept melting. So I kept having to go to the kitchen to get new ones out. Wow. What, like anyone who like <laughs> looks into dreams or says they will have meaning, I would love to know what that means. Because it wasn't even like I, w- I felt like I was panicking, like for an exam or something like, oh no, this is going wrong. I just kept going, for God's sake, I'm going to have to go in and get another set of those stupid thermometers out. And it just went on and on and on. And I don't know what that means. But yeah, I, I, you said you've been having dreams about barbecuing as well, Owen. Yeah, I can't really remember what they are. But if you can imagine, you know, like when you see a dog that's laying on the floor and you can see its you know, legs going. Mine's similar, but I'm just kind of with tongs and I'm just turning meat. I'm just laying in bed, turning meat, you know, with some imaginary tongs. That's about as, as far as I go. It's, it's worrying if you're dreaming about turning meat, but hey-ho. I, I, don't, I don't think I have. She hasn't mentioned it, to be fair, to, to know if I have. And I, can't, I don't really recall much anyway, so not, not from a, I'm, not a, I'm quite a heavy sleeper, so it's, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't dream that much, I guess, not, and certainly not about food uh, so but maybe, maybe i maybe i just like fill up my quota of thinking about it and talking about it when i'm actually awake this is exactly why we made the podcast to be fair mm-hmm. our both of our wives got sick of us just talking about <laughs> barbecuing me and dan couldn't be on the phone to each other all the time so yeah hey let's yeah. make a podcast particularly as we weren't in work seeing each other every single day as well that that makes a big yeah. difference but again it, it gives people something to talk about and something to care about and put passion into you said you've been doing a lot of cooks uh, of course since you started this sort of nine-ish months ago was there one cook that made you think yes i'm 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 good at this i know what i'm doing now i, d- I don't think it was one cook i think it was i think it was one purchase funnily mm-hmm. enough because I've I've gone through some barbecues in in the past and and I'll get onto that in a bit. But I, I spoke to a friend. It, it, it was predominantly brought out by a friend of mine. His Instagram name is Weber.barbecue. His name's Etienne. He's from South Africa. Know him and his wife. They're lovely, lovely people. And and it was really just talking to someone that kind of knew it. You know, mm-hmm. he he and he really does know. My goodness, look at his page. It's it's an unbelievable page. What he does. And it was kind of like, and we spoke about a few things and he kind of pushed me towards a certain barbecue, which was just a standard Weber kettle. It was, it was nothing but that. It, that's all it was. It was just a 57 centimeter kettle. And then it was just kind of the, the different methods and things like that of using, you know, even as, as simple as charcoal setup, you know, it was something that I was pretty clueless on because I predominantly had gas in the past. So, so I, I think it was, the more I did it, once I built the barbecue and once I did that first cook, which I think was, you know, which was a rack of ribs and and some wings. And it just completely changed everything because it was really, it was the first time I'd really kind of experienced cooking on a different coal setup rather than a gas barbecue and rather than just laying the whole bottom of the pit in coal, mm. which is like obviously one, one of those big things that most people, a lot of people do now. It's, it was just that thing. And I think it just kind of pushed on from that every single time, because I think once that process got easier, once you had that safe zone, once you had the the, the backup of that safe zone, it just got a little bit more enjoyable and mm-hmm. didn't have to stand there all the time with it either. My, my partner's massively supportive. Of course, you know, uh, she, she loves a barbecue. She doesn't get it. It's like, oh, I don't understand what you're talking about and why you do this, why you want to stand outside and do that, but loves loves what comes out of it. You know, it's that thing. And she is generally really, really supportive uh, about what we're doing and, and what, what I do. And 
you know, I, I think as it's gone along, I mean, of course, we live with her children. My children don't live with me. But even with my children, you know, I took my children camping just before lockdown, funnily enough. Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't a real it was a lovely campsite, but it was a natural campsite. Mm-hmm. So literally it was in the middle of the woods. We had a plot. You put your tent. It had no flushing toilets or anything like that. And, and it had literally and a car wheel buried in the floor is your fire pit and it was like that's that and that was where I first introduced B uh one of my children into that and uh and they kind of picked it up really really quickly to be fair Mm -hmm. you know my son not so much (laughs) (laughs) so so he's he's really not on board with it but but yeah but B, B picked it up really really quickly and now she's like playing around with it she always talks about doing it and stuff like that but but yeah generally in the house everyone enjoys and suppose it camping like you said if it's literally a sunken tire in the ground using as a pit you cannot get more primalistic than an open live fire cooking can you no you really not it was it was such a good experience we'd been camping before i'm a big fan of camping my partner not <laughs> uh, she likes <laughs> I'm, I'm in the not camp to be yeah, fair. So she, she likes she likes electricity and all that kind of rubbish you know so Me too. <laughs> but uh but yeah so I'm, I'm a big fan of camping and and both of my children are i think and and that's that's probably the only really divide that we have in, in the fact that we like those things and so we'd been before but the the natural campsite was a bit of a a risk it was a bit of a punt just kind of to see what it was like it was something we'd never done b loved it she like she absolutely loved it but jake not so much he, he was kind of a little bit like mm, i could give or take whereas b was like i could live here <laughs> <laughs> you know, def- definitely the type of child that would kind of get on in stuff like that just away from everything and i think that was a and it was a really nice experience as well because to share that because it was literally just nothing and we sat there we that I taught her to spatchcock a chicken and, and we did that just literally over the fire, makeshift grill, a few potatoes in the pit, you know, just, just as simple as it got really. There was nothing else. No, there was nothing. It was funny. <laughs> I suppose that's a, another positive about barbecue, isn't it? It's, it's about bringing people together, that social element and actually just, just enjoying some good food with the people that you love from what you were saying. Couldn't have got any more, perfect in in that respect just you your family and a bit of open fire cooking yeah absolutely and it was it wasn't even it the the cook wasn't even the highlight to be honest the cook wasn't the massive highlight it was the uh it was just the sitting around the fire pit Mm -hmm. talking stoking you know every child becomes a fire master when something like that when they've got the opportunity when the rains are off and they're just doing that bear in mind i mean they're 13 and 16 now so it was they kind of really enjoyed that part of it and generally they're not washing <laughs> it's something that's quite often overlooked even the barbecuing in in the garden part of the reason that people love it yes you get amazing food yes you get amazing flavors but it's getting everyone together and having that conversation there's no rush it's all a bit more relaxed people are outside enjoying themselves compared to if you're doing something long and full of effort in, in a kitchen where it seems to be that much more stressful. But getting the family involved as well is so important. Does, does B help a lot uh, at home? I know she talks about it a lot. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. But, you know, so when, when we was out, uh, so once we'd done the camping and then and then we kind of, we meet up and I think we went to my mum's for, for, for a day and she was like, "I'm oh, bring 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 the barbecue, bring a barbecue," and I'm like, "Well, I haven't got a barbecue." I said, "I've got I've got two. My barbecues are quite big." I said, "I can't just throw them into the back of the car." And she's <laughs> like, "Oh, but I really wanted to do this." So so I picked up a, a folding notebook barbecue from 
from go outdoors it was like 15 quid i think just mm-hmm. it was flat and then it just folds out in a bit of an x and it has a grill and a and a charcoal bed on it and it was perfect and we spatchcocked on that and it was tiny and it was all hanging and we had to cook it in like four quarters because it wasn't that big <laughs> but it helps with moving and and you know and we kept an eye on it and it worked and and luckily enough and, and interestingly enough you know my my sister was there and her son was there and it was kind of like they were like oh wow you know you've done that that's pretty amazing you know and it all it was was you know, I can say now it's kind of like, well, all it was was just like spatchcocking a chicken and just cooked it over cart. Well, that was it. It was like just no different to cooking it in the oven. And she's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, looks just like Nando's, uh, kind of, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, so it is, it, I do, I do want everyone involved in that. You know, I even, even to the building elements of things, if I get anything new and it requires building and stuff like that, I always ask. I always ask the boys, you know, obviously the boys live here with us and I always ask them if, if they want to come down and not always don't, it's not their thing, which is fine. You know, that's it. I'm not going to force them to do that, but, but just the general part of being outside, but they certainly like the product of it. Mm. Yeah. My, my daughter is, is really quite getting into barbecuing, which I'm so, so pleased about. So I bought her her own little barbecue for Christmas and she, yeah, she's, she gets involved. She's cooking sausages, burgers. She, she's actually getting involved in the prepping of it as well and you're trying to get in with the rubs and just trying to sort of generally teach her as, as also I'm learning at the, I'm still learning at the same time as well mm. but it's quite good to have that almost like a father-daughter kind yeah. of time and and actually teaching them young and how to control fire and how to look after it and how to be cooked cook safely but also she's getting a mass amount of enjoyment out of it and I'm also getting that joint enjoyment that she's enjoying it and, and learning something new it's 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 quite a special thing yeah absolutely the respect for the fire as well is so important for, for yeah. any kind of children. But I, what they also don't understand is they're learning a life skill. Because, yes, you're talking about barbecuing, but you're teaching them to cook as well, which is so, so, so important to understand, A, where food comes from, B, how much time and effort it's taken for someone to prepare a meal for you. And lastly, just they will have that forever. And they won't even realize that they've brought it in. And trying to teach a child something, if they think you're trying to teach them something, is a nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, both bo- both my children and, and one of Amy's as well, her eldest, you know, have, have, were heavily quite involved in things like scouts and venture scouts and stuff like that, which was great, you know, because it's it's the outdoors. It's great. But, you know, when we got to the campsite, you know, B was, oh, oh, let me build a fire. And Jake was like, yeah, I'll build the fire as well. Let's go looking for sticks. And they're looking for sticks and they're looking for wood. And they knew exactly what they needed to get. So, you know, I think there's a lot about like those kind of those kind of things that children can still do that once you get past all of the health and safety element of it, obviously, because it has we're told it has to be there, you know, and, and to do that. But I think the fundamentals of that are important because it is a life skill. You know, I mean, just just having that and and it is it just kind of broadens the the scope a lot more rather than just saying you know every single thing you have to cook you have to cook inside yeah definitely and also let's be honest it gets gets them away from screens yeah god yeah <laughs> which um, is a massively important thing as well absolutely yeah and, and i think you know and i you know i like a screen i i'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna not gonna lie you know i like a screen i have a playstation and stuff like that you know at my grand old age but i think they're both important you know i'm not gonna just say I'm like every child needs to be outside because because as a generation that's just not true that's not the thing anymore you know we yeah. we kind of embrace that in our house and and we we know that that's what children do because you know we're kind of saying you know our our kids are still communicating with their friends via 
headsets and, and what else, you know? So, you know, and of course, when we're in a lockdown, which of course doesn't help either, which means they can't go out. But, yeah. uh, but you know, I'm sure when, when the time comes and the revolution happens, then <laughs> electricity suddenly goes off all of a sudden, then, then that'll be it. Everyone will be forced to do it. Yeah, exactly. You briefly mentioned earlier so you, that you've got a kettle barbecue so do you want to do you want to talk us through about your grill space what is your your setup and what tools have you got so yeah so i've got a 57 centimeter weber kettle which was i would i would say by first i definitely don't refer back to anything pre that i've also got a weber 57 centimeter master touch as well which i had given to me so i had i yeah i I had a i had a, a friend message me when the whole barbecue thing started and, and the, the page started to get a little bit, or the, the Instagram account started to get a bit of traction, she messaged me and she said to me, she goes, oh, Steve, she goes I've, got, I've got a barbecue in my back garden that we haven't used for a couple of years. We've just bought a gas barbecue. Would you like it? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's been sitting there and everything like that. <laughs> so I, and I said, you know what? I said, look, I said, I'm not going to see one thrown in the bin. Send over a couple of pictures and I'll have a look. And she sends back pictures of a really, really nice looking uh, Weber Master Touch. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll be there in five. Uh, so <laughs> jumped in the car and I'm like, I'm on my way. Clean it. She's like, oh, I've got to clean it. I said, no, don't worry about cleaning it. I'll sort that out. I'll, I'll do that. Don't worry. They just lived on their own and they just bought a, a, a Weber gas. Uh, they just bought, whatever. I can't remember what unit they'd bought. So yeah, and I, and I so I picked that up, which again, it's, it, and it, it's just the little tweaks. I mean, I, I don't see a massive difference between the kettle and the master touch apart from the removable center part of the grill, like mm-hmm. the, the sear space that, that comes off the hand, like the, the lid holder, which is really handy that you don't get on a kettle unless you buy it. And that was really the, the two main biggest differences between those. That's it kind of for barbecues. Uh, I, I've got I've got some accessories that sit on my barbecues as well. So I have a uh, I have an electric rotisserie, which uh, which I bought a while ago. Now, well, I say a while ago, it wasn't that long ago, but I, I bought it and I've used that. I also bought a a pizza oven converter by a company called Only Fire. I think they are. So just just some standard stuff. I didn't want to kind of break the bank on it. Like I say, I'm. I'm, in, I'm a lockdown redundancy, uh, so it's I didn't obviously didn't want to break the bank on on what we wanted, but you know, but generally happy with with those parts. I mean, they certainly fit. We haven't used the oven yet. I mean, well, in fact, my partner bought that for me for for my birthday in November, so we haven't used it yet. So we haven't really got down to it because of the time, uh, an element of that. So, and that's it. And they sit under. I've got a little. I've got a little grill pavilion, uh, something that I got from Germany. <laughs> I did see that recently. Yeah. yeah. Yourself so, up. Didn't you put some lights and stuff around as well? Oh, man. Do you know what I did? I put some lights around it and it looked absolutely awesome. And then we moved it. So my barbecues were at the back of my garden, but I can't get Wi-Fi up there. So oh. we, we wanted to buy a shed. <laughs> so we bought a shed. So we said, I said, what we do is we'll move the we'll move the barbecues down the front. So I moved the barbecues down the front. I, I thought, oh, I've got to find somewhere to plug my lights in. So I kind of opened the window, plugged them in through the conservatory and then closed the window which right. was great but i'm like oh my lights aren't working i wonder what it is and when i opened the window again the window had literally cut through the wire completely <laughs> oh, no. literally sliced <laughs> right through it so yeah so we had to take them down i, I literally have got some new ones we were going to do it tonight because my, my girlfriend she's just put some lights up in our back garden so yeah so that was a bit of a, a bit of a downer but i have got replacements i just haven't got around to putting them up yet so out of the accessories, what is your favourite bit of kit? Is it the rotisserie or is it the fact that having the covering and everything makes a huge difference depending on the weather and stuff? 
I think the rotisserie by far, I think we, I've only used it once, but even from just that one time using it, it it came out way better than I expected it would. Uh, Mm -hmm. I picked up a recipe for chicken shawarma. I picked up a, a recipe from YouTube off of the smoking elk, right? So he's yeah. a he's, he's a good guy. Uh, so totally I, I picked up that and literally just followed it step by step. I didn't do anything different to what I done, and it came when we did that. I did that on New Year's Eve as a kind of New Year's party kind of thing, and it came out amazing. And it, it was just, and it was just generally I literally put it on and I just left it, and I was in and out of the back garden all night because obviously it wasn't a great evening. It was just cold, but it, the, the kettle had to. And I, but I think going on that as well, I think the pavilion helps keep that heat in Mm -hmm. just that roof covering and the vent in the roof that it has i think it just allows just keeps the cold out just a little bit just just to work with so uh so yeah i think definitely based on that experience is it an only fire rotisserie you've got yeah yeah, yeah, I've got the same. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it was generally easy to set up and and you know, it's and I I take it off and I put it back on again when I don't use it. So I one of the things that impressed me, I think, more than anything, was the fit. It it just fitted so well on the barbecue. And there was really and I kind of I, I was running my fingers around the bottom of it when I when I was when I used it, and there was really hardly any like heat loss from from the join part, especially where the lid went on as well. So I, I was really impressed, yeah. I definitely need to get myself one. Like the last two, three people that we've spoken to have all said, get rotisserie. Rotisseries are amazing. Also, even when you smoke, I smoked a pork loin, big piece of pork loin on it the first time I used it. Uh, no, I didn't. That's a lie. I did a turkey. Um, <laughs> I did, I, Pretty similar. Yeah, I did. I did a turkey and I smoked it. And again, I didn't. Even, I didn't notice any smoke loss. You know, from between the actual kettle and, and the only fire kind of surround. Yeah, and I think it's just the just the possibilities of it, and and I can understand why people have mentioned them before. In the fact that I've kind of looked at it and thought, well, what am I going to do on it? You know, I I found the the chicken recipe online that wasn't really too difficult, but since then, I I put I put something out on Instagram about about doing a chicken or anything like that because a lot of things that I'd seen were like do you do you tie and trust the chicken before you put it on and and I got a really funny message back from uh oh man I don't know the guy's name he's massive though he's he's so big uh I was so I was like oh my god I got a message from this man uh, <laughs> he sent me a message back and he was like no nah, man just let it all hang out I'm like okay he goes it'll be fine it'll hold he goes just let it all hang so but it's, it's again it's just finding the 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 time and the day of mm-hmm. course the shifts that I'm doing at the moment have completely obliterated any kind of activity that I have just to try and fill that void really so you've mentioned um your Instagram page and other people but you haven't really talked about your own account so let everyone know what your account is how they can find you and what you try and do on there as well uh, yeah, so my account is at Mr. Beads underscore barbecue. So I, I think my account is relatively basic considering what's out there. I do generally a lot of the same stuff. Uh, I'm a, I'm very much a, a ribs and wings person, but I'm a tweaker. I, I like to tweak as I go along. Mm-hmm. So it's like whether I'm whether I make a different rub or you know whether just maybe a different source or or something like that so I'm or maybe a different uh, type of wood perhaps so it's just really going through that and and what I try to do is I train I I think I'm in a position where from a from a skills and setup perspective I'm okay 
I'm kind of in phase one and mm-hmm. I'm at the back end of phase one. I'm ready to perhaps jump into phase two if you wanted to phase it in that way from like kind of the basics, you know, your your sausages, your burgers, your kebabs, your wings, your ribs, all that kind of basic stuff that you would get at the front end and then move on to the bigger steps you know maybe a a joint of meat maybe some like adding some potatoes maybe cooking a meal on there and things like that and I've not I'm not I don't feel quite ready to make that step yet one because of time more than Mm -hmm. anything and the other one I think because of risk I'm not a massive risk taker so uh, of that if it doesn't work <laughs> not having that backup you know of something you know it's uh we got a couple of drive-thrus nearby so they could probably work as a bit of a backup <laughs> but uh not ideal really so i, I think yeah I, f- I think i'd i'd position my barbecue at if if any person starting out wanted to start wanted to have a look mm-hmm. at something then maybe my account would probably be the best place to go to have a look at the really basic stuff and not perhaps get blown away by the things they see and maybe get put off because I think that's one thing that I've suffered with in the fact that you know I'm I'm very critical of myself as I think many people are and I think I look at other people's stuff and I'm kind of like man I'm never getting near that not in a million (laughs) years and certainly not now and I'm a very realistic person in the fact that I I could probably one day but you know I'm fully aware of the time and the commitment that needs to go in to get into that point and I am committed. Time is hard, obviously, at, at this point. But, you know, I'm patient. I'm not going anywhere for a long time. So it's mm. uh, I'm going to hang around for a bit. Owen and I have had this conversation a lot between the two of us. The thing with some of those different cooks that you've seen that it makes you think, I'm not going to get anywhere near that. You don't know what filters they're using. Also, a lot of these people are paid to do that. Mm. So if someone was paying you to do it and you had the time to do it because you were making money off it, I bet you'd be surprised what you could achieve. Finding that time and also understanding that a lot of the stuff that you're seeing could be touched up as well and you don't know. You don't know what it tastes like. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's it. And, you know, if if people are paying people to do that, then sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally sign me up. Anybody out there listening, sign me up, man. I am a, I am a great guy, you know, a really good guy. You've and heard I'm it well first. And I'm well funner, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously. But it's, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I guess there is that element to it, you know, but even even you guys, you know, even your accounts, you know, they, I reluctantly use the word intimidating you know, in that sense, because of the stuff that you guys produce, for example, you know, and, and, and it's not, you know, I know, Dan, I know you don't use filters. I know it's something mm. that you don't use, you know, you mm. try to stay away from that, you know, so even looking at the stuff that you guys produce is, is something perhaps to aspire to at some point, but I'm very much a kind of, I need to look after the here and now at this time. So mm-hmm. I'm, I keep my feet on the ground with it, but you know, I am, I'm a massive lover of food in, mm. in, in all shapes and sizes. You know, I am massive. I'm such a big, it's unreal. <laughs> no, seriously. Honestly, I, I go six, seven. And so I'm, I'm really tall and yeah. I go lots of stone in, in, <laughs> in my size. So I love food and, and I, and I, and I'm part of a family that also shares that love for food. And I think that's part of it as well. The, the thing that works really well is my, my girlfriend, she loves food her parents love food my children her children love food you know we got i mean her mum and dad they're retired and her mum is a baker mm. right oh my goodness yeah <laughs> you know it's just like unbelievable you know it's some of the stuff that gets delivered to our door it's literally like having a delivery 
like a baker delivered to your house. <laughs> wow. Nice. It's just, it's, you would think so. <laughs> you would think, yeah, it's great. But, and it is, and, and they, and they all share that love of food. And I, and I think that makes it so much easier. And I think I know that I'll know when I'm ready to move on because the time will allow it, you know, mm. the, the time will allow us to push forward a little bit further. I just wanted to, to kind of go back to when you were saying about, you know, kind of basic, you know, cooks, burgers, sausages, you know, kebabs and, and those types of things. And I think we mentioned it, we, we spoke about it, me and Dan, before we had our first guest and, you know, our kind of intro episode where we were talking about the kind of differences between, you know, your, your typical British barbecue and what kind of the American style barbecue is. And it's obviously, you know, Americans are this big, you know, huge pieces of meat, lots low and slow, and they cook for a lot of people, whereas typically, you know, the British barbecue is whack a load of sausages on, black on the outside, pink on the inside and get them off type scenario. But obviously, I think us three, as well as all of the people on Instagram and social media, are proving that, you know, a us, us as British cooks on the barbecue can hold our own with the Americans. But also, I think talking about like the basics, when they're done well, they're yeah. so good. I mean, even today, I, I just, I cooked some chicken kebabs. Just some simple, I did a barbecue rub on one, I did a spicy rub on and another set. Literally took 10, 15 minutes to cook them, but they were so, so good. Mm. And I don't think, I, I just wanted to kind of get that point across that actually basic doesn't mean not good food. I think just, it might be easy to learn, but you can still cook some really fantastic things with just these basic ingredients, for sure. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, you know, and I, I'm not, I, I, I'm not devaluing the, the the element of that, you know. It's, it's definitely not. I mean, for example, on on the when I cooked on the Wednesday, we'd got some oven bake ribs to, to kind of cook with, and I had some wings. I've got a couple. I always keep a couple of packs of wings in the freezer, uh, and I and I got them out. But for the time it took my oven to heat up, my coals were ready. Yeah, You know, I literally did them both at the same time. And I think that's a big misconception in the fact that, oh, I haven't got time to stand there and light coals and I haven't got to do that. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. If if you just, if you do it properly, if you just follow the very simple kind of whether you use a chimney starter or whether you, I mean, I cook my wings using a vortex. Yeah. Cylinder, yeah. So, and I think heating up in that kind of speeds that process up as well. I've, I don't have a vortex. I I've got a mine. chimney starter, but they're good. I absolutely love mine. Yeah, I love mine too. Yeah, I think it gets, it just, it allows for the, because the heat is obviously pushing so intensely at centre, it gets your barbecue really high. That, that's what I find is that it gets a much more intense heat because I think it pushes and then kind of goes around the whole dome. Obviously, if you have a kettle, of course, so mm. it goes around that whole top of that dome. So there's not much heat loss from it and it heats up really quickly. I um so I did um some burgers earlier which I made using black pudding as well in the mixture. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Do it. Do it. That that I don't <laughs> think I'll be making burgers for myself again without black pudding in them, put it that way. But again, I was using a plancher plate and I was using the vortex to just direct the heat straight into that plate and I had the lid down and came back to check the temperature. I was like it's only coming up at like 150, 160 what's going on. Lifted it blast of heat coming off the plate because the cast iron of the plate is holding the heat so well yeah. but as you said it takes it's so quick to light once you've got those bits of kit it's just people mm. not understanding what kits out there so the vortex one natural fire lighter in in the middle put the coals on top yep. light walk away 15 yep. minutes later you're cooking 
yeah absolutely the same experience you know it's uh and uh, you know funny you mentioned a planter obviously that's on my wish list i've got a little amazon wish list going and everything like that i think i need to get people to buy stuff of it if you're listening and uh, you want to buy steve some uh barbecue yeah. stuff check out his amazon wish list <laughs> go, to my, go, go to my only fans I haven't got an OnlyFans. I'm joking. I haven't got an OnlyFans. I really haven't got an OnlyFans. Uh, but no, I've got. I know. I've just got a big a, picture of a steak. <laughs> that's it. I just stand there and just cook. Uh, the, so. only thing, the only thing you put on there is breasts and thighs. That's it. <laughs> and the occasional rump. So I bet there's some people that will pay for it, though, wouldn't there? Uh, do you know what, man? There's a market. <laughs> there's, I am definitely marketable. I know that for a fact. Uh, but I think, you know, the, the planter has always been, and interesting you saying that, Dan, because the planter has been on my list for a long time, or a planter has been on my list for a long time. And I've always been concerned about getting the heat on it. Mm-hmm. And I had it, but I've never thought of the vortex. Oh, it's perfect. That's a really Absolutely good idea. Absolutely perfect, because yeah. it just directs the heat straight into it, and there's, yeah. there's no loss whatsoever. The, the one I've got literally goes in the center. So you move yeah. the center of the grill, and it, it sits there. And I got it for Christmas the same time as I got the vortex. And it's amazing because whenever I make burgers, I only do smash burgers. So yep. like before I had this, I was, once I was getting annoyed at the burgers I was doing on the barbecue, it was like, I know I can do them differently. I know I can do them better. And it's just taken everything up that level because mm. you're also cooking on butter then as well, which is, is it much better? I don't know. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Not much, no. And I, and I think the way you use that as well, the vortex in the fact that I think traditionally you sit it with narrow point up. Yeah listen do you do you do you set yours into the center hole upside Um, down no no see no i don't what i do i literally i take pretty much all of the grill out apart from the bottom level where you normally put the coals on yeah put it on there yeah chuck the stuff on there inside the vortex but depending what i'm doing i'll still have the whole grill on top whether it's Mm. the plancher or not yeah yeah, yeah, that's it because of the way that the heat's directed as well, I found it really good if you're doing two things at once for the direct and indirect heat. It's absolutely mm. perfect for that. Yeah. But I've always wanted to, I've seen cooks where people have inverted it. I have. Flipped it upside down, put the coals around the outside. Yeah. And oh. I, I keep, yeah, I keep thinking about doing that for something like a beer butt chicken. I just haven't got around to doing it because yeah. then you've got the perfect area to stick the can. The chicken's not going anywhere and no. all the coals are on the outside. If you wanted to, you could snake it, mm. but um, you wouldn't even have to snake it if you didn't want to. Yeah. I think also as well in, in using, using the vortex upside down, mm. just generally just upside down and just loading the coal into it. So you've got like this cone yeah, I've not done of, that. of that, just even trying that it is just, just, and it, all that does is it, it, it takes a bit longer to heat it up, of course, because the, the airflow coming in is, is narrower. Mm but it gives you a wider surface. So if you want to, if you want to reverse sear a steak, for example, you know, you've got a much bigger surface area over the coals directly to get that done. You know, you've got that space rather than trying to get it over that small opening at the top. Particularly if you're doing it dirty as well, just straight onto the coals. I still haven't done that. I need to do a dirty cook really. I did a tomahawk dirty and it was pretty magic. It's amazing. Talk talk us through that. Why, why would, do you think it was, so much better uh, and what extra feeling or was it just the fact you were playing with fire makes it more fun well yeah obviously playing with fire more fun <laughs> <laughs> um, i think i i traditionally only use briquettes although I, I actually reached out to people today to see what lump wood people mm. are using i think traditionally people are using lump wood when they're doing dirty steaks so the only downside was it did get a little bit ashy 
but mm-hmm. you essentially just get a really nice crispy skin you know essentially on the outside um i quite like i like my steak quite rare so it's kind of perfect you know super hot on the coals yeah i just think it gives it a nice flavor because it's nice and crisp around the edge you get the kind of charcoaliness of it if i was going to do it again i would definitely do it on lump wood i think the briquettes yeah where they're a little bit too ashy it there was some crunchy <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you having to and, and i've I, obviously I, I know the process of it but not actually seen it or done it myself so is it a case of do you have to kind of give the coals a bit of a shake or just to kind of get that ashiness of them would that work or is it just a case of just going for it and most of it doesn't stick anyway or it burns off um well i think again yeah well i think with using lump wood you don't necessarily get you know when like when lumpwood's first kind of lit, it, it it's kind of stays together, doesn't it? It's only when mm-hmm. it starts to really kind of burn down that it becomes quite you know uh, flaky. Yeah. So if you're doing it when it's just lit, you won't get I think that much. Um, I think I just let my briquettes get a, a little bit too white. Um, I think I should have probably put them on just a little bit a little bit earlier, but it still tasted amazing, and I achieved exactly what I wanted to achieve in that it was you know it was really kind of well done on the outside and had that kind of char that you want and, and, you know, pink as you like inside and really, really tender. Um, but we're talking, it was a proper tomahawk piece. It was Mm. fed four of us. It was a huge piece of meat. So yeah, but the only difference would be lumpwood. I'll definitely do it lumpwood. See, I didn't see you put that out on Instagram earlier. So I pretty much only use lumpwood. Um, I, I have been considering going back to trying to use briquettes, but I used um, the Big K restaurants grade lumpwood. I just find that it gives you so much more heat and the, the consistency of the heat is longer than most lumpwood because that, that's why you go for briquettes, right? You get the longer burn. But I find that restaurant grade Big K lumpwood is kind of like a nice middle ground, but it does mean it needs obviously more topping up than using briquettes if you're doing a longer cook. But someone like Steve, who said you don't do that many long cooks, it'd be perfect, absolutely perfect. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I use lumpwood as well mm. at the at the moment, I've, and I've kind of jumped between the two. I started using briquettes because I guess they were more convenient and much more easy to set up, and they were much. And I think the consistency of that is is quite common. And I've what I've done is I've gone through a process of buying lumpwood from so many different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not quite at an area where I would probably go to restaurant grade as yet because I, I wouldn't need it. I don't think I'd need that intensity at this point, but I have stopped and settled on big K mm-hmm. because okay. I just, I just generally get a better, but, and that's just a very standard red bag of lumpwood charcoal from big K nothing, no, nothing more than that. Just your petrol station forecourt, big K stuff. I've, I've kind of settled there for the time being because I get the most consistency out of it. It's And, you know, obviously with the lump wood, you can get some really great pieces at the top of the bag. Mm. But the further you go through that bag, the smaller those pieces get, which is pretty general. So, yeah, I've just literally started a new one. And I, I've started to get the – I got a piece of – I don't even know the name of it, but the tube one. It's the, like the tubular one. I guess that's like the restaurant grade, like the Globatica, you know, you see the, yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. tubes, like the hexagon kind of shaped ones. There was a piece of that in there. I don't know how wow. it got in there just in this bag of big K lumpwood, <laughs> obviously just a bag of from big K. It was obviously just the tubular one. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I traditionally use Weber briquettes, um, which me and uh, Ian, the barbecue king were talking about last week. Mm. And 
But what, what I'm finding is, again, for example, like this week I cooked some burgers, just from, literally two burgers, one for me, myself and my wife. But I then, by the time I was getting, you know, these briquettes going, they were ready to go for three hours, three, four hours. Yeah, yeah. And I had to almost shut them down 10 minutes later once I'd cooked the burgers. So I, I, I'm looking to do some, and again, like today with the chicken kebabs that I did, you, you know, I use the broken keg and it, it just keeps the heat for hours and hours. I put it on at about four o'clock this afternoon. If I went out there now, when I went out there just before we started recording, it was still at 200 degrees. <laughs> Equally, then I'm just burning through so much fuel. Yeah. Unless I Normally I shut them off actually and, and kind of try and save them and reuse them. But mm. it actually, I'm, at, I'm interested in just using some lump wood just for a sort of quick cook, whack a steak on, you know, whack a burger on. It burns a lot quicker than it does a briquette. And I think it burns hotter as well, right? Yeah, I think yeah. you get a hotter yeah, burn yeah. from that as well. So yeah, yeah, it's it's about the type of fuel you use and getting the most cost effectiveness out of it. Because I find with mm. the restaurant grade stuff, although the bags are more expensive, they last me longer right. because I don't need to use anywhere near as much to get the same sort of heat. Mm. Uh, and some of the, some of the chunks as well, like one of the chunks I had earlier, absolutely huge. I'm trying to think how measurements wise from a male's measurement point, point of view, it was probably about maybe, I don't inches. know. Yeah. About, about, about <laughs> no one can see your hands, inches. man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. From a male point of view, it's but 32 inches. But that's not 15 inches. inches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't it? No. Sorry, man. It's really not. <laughs> oh, damn. That's from, mass from, huge, though. But that's massive. Yeah. That, that's just like literally a trunk in, yeah. the, in the bag. And you're kind of yeah. like, oh, I'll just light that at one end and just oh. wait for that to go through. It, it, it was insane. But again, like, like you were saying, kind of starting and stopping and saving them, that one piece will last ages for what I'm using it for. And it gets damned hot, damned yeah. hot. Do you guys do that? Do you do you kind of once you're finished, if there's if you can see there's still plenty of life in the ch- in the charcoal, yeah. do you shut it shut the vents down and yeah. Yeah, did I did more more so with briquettes because they kept their shape a lot better. Yeah. Uh, obviously with that. So uh I think and I think also and, and Dan will probably notice as well, I think using the vortex as well, of course, that burns more intensely at a much smaller proximity. So it kind of burns. It there's generally not much left mm. after a, a quick cook, even if you're just doing a quick a quick wings cook, then there's not really much left after that anyway, I think. You know, but with briquettes definitely. Mm. Yeah, definitely reused. Yeah, you know, something we've never talked about on this. Like, do you have a methodical process for every single time you light the barbecue and every single time that you finish as well? Because I, the way that I set up and start is I literally go out there, open the lid up, take the grill out, and then I deal with whatever ash or leftover charcoal from the previous cook. And that's when I'll decide if I'm saving stuff or not. And then I literally just sweep it all, all the stuff I don't want into like the bit at the bottom, empty that, then I'm good to go. But I always do it that way. Whereas I'm sure other people will fully clean up and everything after each cook, like immediately before you put it away. How, what do you, what do you do, Steve? I'm doing the same as you, actually. I, I don't clean my barbecue after a cook interestingly enough that's one of the things that my friend etienne said to me and the fact he said cleaning your barbecue after a cook is a very british thing to do it's a very very british thing to do he said because 
you know, it, so I will, I will, when I'm done, I will close all my dampers on, on the barbecue. I will let mm. it cool right down and I will just cover it. Mm-hmm. I won't even look into it. I will literally, once it's cooled down, I will cover it. And then when I'm ready for the next one, I will clean out the bottom. I will sweep it through. Uh, good tip is that I, I bought a, uh, I went to like home bargains or something like that. And I bought like a, a wallpaper paste brush. Yeah. And I use okay. that to sweep out rather than using a dustpan brush. I use that to sweep out because I find the bristles are a bit harder. So it just kind of gets through the bottom of the, of the, of the web much better. So, yeah, so I sweep that through and then I, I kind of brush the charcoals as well. So if I've got any charcoals, I will brush mm. them. Anything that's soft enough will break and fall through. Anything hard enough, I will keep and use on the bottom of my next cook. What about your actual grill? Are you a are you a washer or are you just a let it heat up again and scrub uh, wire brush it ready for the next cook? Yeah, I'm a heat up and scrape it kind of guy. Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. It keeps, it keeps <laughs> the flavour, doesn't it? Oh my god, it? thank god, I was so panicking at that one. <laughs> no, I'm thinking, no. Oh my god, I've been doing it wrong. Uh, no, I'm, but no, I, I'm a, I will leave it. I won't wash it because uh, because they're really hard to dry. I, I mm. find them really hard to dry and the potential of rust and stuff like that on the grill is not something that I want to have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I am a, I will literally heat up the, the barbecue and then I will scrape it before I put anything on it. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Owen? Do you have like a methodical way that you start like every single cook? Cause my, my process is literally exactly the same. The first, the first 15 minutes of any cook is literally exactly the same for me. Yeah, mine too. It depends which barbecue I'm using. Oh, show off here. Yeah. Which is, depending on, oh, do you want to run one, through? Which one of the four? Come on. Yeah. Which one is it? Oh, yeah. Man. I know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, I'm the same. I will sweep out the previous cook, always use the chimney, unless I use the Brawl King. And I generally just kind of put a mound and, you know, a fire lighter and almost. Uh, just let them go themselves. Um, although I, the last couple of times I have used the fire starter. If I'm using the Webbish Smoky Mountain, I then, I basically almost fill the bottom grate with unlit charcoal. I'll use my kettle to light up in a, in a, in a starter chimney, a, a set of charcoal. And then when that's ready, pour them over. So then they'll obviously they'll work their way through that, through that um, and, you know, get the water pan and things ready. And then I go. So pretty much the same, unless I'm using the smoker, it's slightly different. It's kind of like getting into the zone for me. I'll literally stick in headphones and I'm out there and I say, I'm just in the zone ready, mm. which I love. It's part of it. I actually think that comes into like the mindfulness of barbecuing because mm. it's part of the getting into the zone, relaxing, and it's you time as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I agree. And, I, and I, I do make a slight tweak on mine depending on time. I have a chimney starter and I, I use that in a couple of different ways. So depending on time, so a bit of a, not probably a bit of a hack really, to be fair. So obviously I love, as I mentioned, I love camping. Uh, so I've got a single burner camping stove. Mm-hmm which a chimney starter sits perfectly on because <laughs> it's got, it's got little rivets up the thing to fit different size saucepans on to stop them from sliding, moving around if you're on a hill or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and I find the chimney starter. So if I'm a little bit short of time and they cost about five pound to go outdoors mm. for a bottle of gas as well. So, and I've literally put my chimney starter on top of that one burner stove and it's just an intense heat straight the way through it. And I can get my chimney starter going in like five minutes. Wow. Uh, do you know what? 
I'd know, I've got a camping gas barbecue that I just keep up, a mm. uh, Kadak, and I've never even thought of that. I could probably do the same. Yeah, it's some it's something that I I just just, just on it was and it was from one of a previous trip that, that we went on, and I'm thinking I've got to get this going one way or another because it wasn't a very good chimney. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't a good one. I think I paid about four quid for it. It was just something that I literally picked up. I'm going, oh, yeah, I need one of those. And I just picked it up. I didn't even think about where I was getting it from, probably mm-hmm. from home, home bargains, sponsoring <laughs> home bargains. Uh, so, and and yeah, so I, I just thought, how, I can't, how do I get this going quicker? And I thought, oh, I'll have a go at that. So I literally, and it literally just fitted straight on top of it, didn't even move. And then I just turned the gas on. And it just, it just literally blew through. To see more content on our social media channels, follow the hashtag Meet Greet Barbecue Podcast. And for our cooking challenges, we set our guests each week, hashtag Barbecue Bingo. You talk about the fact that you tend to do shorter, quicker cooks. Mm. But of course, with how long you've been doing your Instagram, the followers you've got, you've been getting through a lot of cooks. What what are your favourite things to cook? Actually, just to jump in before you answer that, a follow-on from what Dan was saying, and one of the things that we regularly like to talk about is what is your ultimate barbecue mm, cook? So not yeah. only your favourite, but what is your yeah. ultimate barbecue cook? I, I think because of the simplicity of it, I am a I, I'm a very social person, you know, so I don't want to be f- I don't want to be focusing too much on what I'm doing. And I'm I'm the kind of guy that likes to stand at a barbecue mm-hmm. you know the good old the good old man thing to do looks like this all stand at a barbecue and just poke the meat and just go i would i would i would have done it like this dave <laughs> or, or whatever <laughs> if you have a friend called dave uh but yeah, everyone's so, had a friend called dave <laughs> i know everyone knows a dave right um so yeah so i think i because of that socially and i and i want people to try as many things as possible my ultimate barbecue cook would definitely be along the lines of, you know, as many different dishes as I could get out, you know, ring, ribs, a couple of ways, wings, a couple of ways, kebabs, a couple of ways, you know, thighs, breasts, some different types of sausages, you know, some different types of burgers, you know, just to try and get people eating as many different things as possible, you know, just to en- enhance it. And I think, because I think what a barbecue does is it, it the mindset that anyone gets in when they go to a barbecue is like no other. Okay. You would never, ever go to a restaurant and go, right. I'll have two sausages, a burger. I'll have, (laughs) I'll have, I'll have a lamb chop. I'll have a pork chop. I'll have a chicken breast. I'll have a kebab. You would never, ever do that at any other time Mm. in your life. To be fair, you haven't been to a restaurant with Dan Hewlett. (laughs) (laughs) Dan's just sitting there, guys. That was Friday. What? Uh, I've been to a few with him and he he does order like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Do you know what? I love sides. I love, you know, I'm like, man, call me triangle, man, because I always have three sides. It's like I I want that in my life because it's i think sides make a meal I, I i'm really of that of that set and but that's because i like to eat different things i don't just want the same thing i mean i've had i've sat in one sitting before and i've eaten you know a, a 32 ounce rump steak with onion rings chips mushrooms peas you know four pints of guinness five scoops of ice cream mussels to start that was all in one go mm. that's impressive that's all we we need to go out for a meal. So um, Owen knows I've not mentioned it on here before. I do food challenges. Oh really? I I, w- I wouldn't say I'm like top level, but um, I mean I've done 
like the Flaming Grills have like a trash can challenge. I've right. done, done that. I've finished that. I've done all their burger challenges. I've done their steak challenges. I've done um, one that was called Man versus Burrito, which was like okay. it was like a two or three pounds burrito, oh, wow. and and that to show off because I had a few bevies at the time. I was like, this isn't enough, so I layered it with butter on top as well, <laughs> <laughs> like you know the little packs of butter. Nice. I was like, yeah, watch watch me do this. But um, <laughs> what you were saying about the sides made me laugh because. Owen and I went to Exeter with some of our friends. We went to a burger joint, an American style burger joint to start off with. And I had like one of their, I think it was a triple decker burger. And then I asked for, I changed my fries to sweet potato fries. And then I had mac cheese on the side. I had garlic mushrooms on the side. And as I started to order a third side, one of our friends literally told me off. <laughs> so you don't need that much food. You're not going to get through that. We're meant to be going out for a few drinks later. I was like, watch me. <laughs> Whoa. Watch me and be educated, my friend, because if it's right. edible and I can purchase it, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. So I can, so I can imagine you and me, Dan, going to a restaurant, oh, God, ordering yeah. the food, and they say, would you like us to wait until the rest of your guests? <laughs> no, there's no one coming. Just sit down. Uh, so... And I get, I guess I'm saying, but I don't, and I don't know if why, but why do you do that, Dan? Is is there a reason why you do that? Is it the challenge, or is it the food, or the different parts of the food that that you want out of that? My dad's the same as me, so we always normally we don't snack, so we've always had big meals. Like people, people would say, "Okay, that that's a lot of food. Why are you having that?" But I also enjoy different flavors. So if I'm going to have a meal, I want multiple different aspects to it, if possible. That's why I loved the trash can challenge, because it's like five, six, seven different things. That and I'm always hungry. I'm genuinely always hungry. In um, work, they always laugh at me. They used to call me hunter-gatherer, because if anyone was hungry, or if there was any available food in the office, I didn't have to be in the room. I could sense it. I would just disappear to go and talk to someone and come back with like three muffins and a pork pie. And they're like, what have you done? <laughs> Hunter gatherer. But I've always but, been like that. I, I, I can't think of a time where I've not been that obsessed with food. Apparently when I was younger, I was quite picky, but even when I was picky, I would eat as much as possible of the stuff that I would eat. Yeah. And I think I'm the same. And I think that's the same with me. I think it's the, and where the kind of the ultimate dish comes into it or the ultimate barbecue cook, it's just the multiple different things to taste, to try the different flavors, the different textures, the different everything, you know, which is, which is, you know, I, I in fact, I think the best way to explain it is if you say, my, I love a buffet. Mm-hmm. You, know, oh, God, a buffet. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. you walk in somewhere and there's a buffet you're like oh my god there's a buffet you know i mean i'm on this i am so on this buffet it's unbelievable you know and it's not just a oh yeah like it's literally going down that line mm-hmm. in order yeah. you know yeah. and it's and, and just taking that 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 and going back with this this huge plate of food and people are like oh my goodness we've got all that food and i'm like i've just literally got one of everything yeah that's it you know, I, I don't know why you would do it any other way at a buffet. Like when I see other people have normal size plates at a buffet, I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? What are you doing? That's it. I, I absolutely agree. Going back to the like cooking for the, for the people in, in that sense, I want those people to experience the same thing. Mm. You know, I don't want those people to walk away from my house and go, oh, do you know what? Do you know what, Steve? Those burgers were lovely. You know, I want them to say, oh, my God, everything was just so good. 
you know, the burgers were great, but the sausages were great, but the kebabs were great, but the wings were great. You know, what rub did you use? Show me how you make it, that kind of stuff. You know, they're, they're the comments that I want at the end of a barbecue. And no yeah. one leaves hungry. Absolutely that's the, not. That's the main thing as well. Just, just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone else is stealing your food. That's Give it, it back. Get out. <laughs> so, that's it. You talked about the fact that you've not as got as much time as you'd like at the moment to, to do the cooking. Do you try and do multiple cooks at once because of that, even if it's just for yourself or for you and your other half? Do you think, right, because I'm firing up the barbecue, I am going to do wings multiple ways, but I'm also going to do kebabs at the same time? We've done that once. Like I say, because we love food, you know, mm-hmm. a rack of ribs between four of us isn't enough, obviously. No. I say obviously, I'm assuming that's that's normal. If it's not uh, so enough for me, just, just go back of ribs for me. <laughs> I was going to say, so it's like a, and it's a different way. So it's like the boys don't necessarily like the ribs cooked with sauce on. They like them cooked dry and, and then to add the sauce. So it will be, you know, let's do, let's do a couple of racks of ribs. Let's do one with a rub. Let's do one without a rub. Let's do one with a sauce. Let's do one without a sauce. I've had, I've had the two Webers going at the same time, I think maybe twice where we had just lots of wings and a few kebabs and, and then we had some ribs going on the other side. So I will, I will fire up another barbecue just for ribs because of course they take that bit longer mm-hmm. uh, and they need that little bit of time. And then the faster cook stuff will go on the ribs or, you know, when it comes around to it, do the wings perhaps using the vortex. Cause I find you get a much better, you get a much better finish with the vortex mm-hmm. on wings. You get the crispiness, they get a bit crispier. And then maybe just some standard stuff on the other barbecue, but that doesn't really happen that much. Mm. Not from a time perspective as well. It's just setting out. So we've been talking about food and barbecuing quite a lot, but um, a segment that we always like to do is talk about drinks as well. So what is, uh, what's your drink of choice, Steve, for your barbecue or, or what are you drinking today that you, you would traditionally drink? <laughs> Uh, so I am an ale man. I'm definitely a big ale fan. Uh, I'm drinking Doom Bar today. Ooh, I've got yes. I've picked up some Doom Bar. I'm a massive Doom Bar fan. Uh, My favourite too. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So I'm not I'm not saying that I'm gonna dump Doom Barring. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, I think just. And I think that the thing with Doom, just the simplicity of Doom Bar, it just makes it amazing. It's just, it's just such an easy drink. But anything's like that, anything like that. I'm a big fan of Brewdog, I'll be honest. I, I like the Brewdog stuff. Uh, I had the Advent Calendar this yeah. year. It was the first time I'd had that, and it was brilliant because I, I love sour beers. Uh, I love a sour beer. Uh, so there was a couple in the calendar this year, which was quite nice. But so yeah, so generally it's it's that that that's where my my main go to is. I'm a big fan of gin as well. I've I've kind of hopped on the bandwagon of gin. It's big, isn't uh, it? Yeah, it's massive. And yeah, just the flavors. I think more than anything, I am I am a straight gin and tonic fan. I, I like gin and tonic. I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of that. Flavored gin or or stra- uh, you know straight normal gin. Yeah, I like both actually. So there's you know Audi have some great flavored gins. In fact, one other thing, my girlfriend's dad showed me which i never really realized before is the difference between gin and gin liqueur you know there's a Mm. lot of gin liqueurs out there at the moment so knowing to look for various gins rather than the gin liqueurs and finding those but aldi have a great selection of of flavored gins they do some really really nice ones and and i'm and i'm a big fan of red wine as well I, i like red wine me and my girlfriend's dad get through well have got through many bottles of red wine he's a great he's a great 
fan of wine mm. uh, and it's always good wine. Do you, do you have so, a preference? Merlot, Shiraz, Cabernet? Or? Uh, not really. <laughs> to be honest, I, don't, I wouldn't know the difference if someone said to me, like, it's not like the Pepsi and Coke challenge. It's like I, I, <laughs> I would never really know the difference. I like I like the full-bodied wines. So I like a Shiraz generally for, for the bodiness of it. I like a Chateau Neuf for the body of it as well, but just generally that. But but yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty flexible, you know, as long as it, as long as it costs more than five pound a bottle, then I'm pretty open. Yeah. My girlfriend likes Merlot, so yeah, we, she's, we she's, she's, a, Merlot as well. she's a Merlot fan. So uh, so yeah, so she quite likes that. So, but I don't I don't drink white though. I don't. I, white is one of the drinks. So I won't drink white wine. I don't like. No, it. I I agree too. Big fan of Merlot. Not not a fan of white at all. No. What about you, Dan? What are you drinking this week? What's your three three drink setup? So um, the first thing that I had was an Irish coffee, as I always do, um, with a 12-year uh, Glenlivet in it. Um, I was going to put a bourbon in it, but I hadn't realised I'd already drank all of that. Um, so that was a bit more decadent than I was expecting. That was nice. Um, and I'm currently working my way through, and I thought I was going to enjoy this more than I am, a sharp tongue grapefruit pale ale from Aldi, from the Hop Foundry. I, I normally quite like a grapefruit beer and, and they are sharp, but this is next level sharp. I would argue this is borderlining a sour, which is fine if you're expecting a sour. Mm. <laughs> I, I wasn't. So I was expecting something that would have the flavor, but slightly less of the sharpness and would go down quickly. Whereas this is like being hit in the face each time I drink it. <laughs> you want to know about flavor. Of course you yeah. do. And I wouldn't say it's a bad beer. It just wasn't what I was expecting. Mm. Um, and I had a bit of a heavy night last night as well. So that was a bit of a shock to the system as well. <laughs> Once this started, I was like, oh God, memories, memories. I don't need that right now. And then finally, I'm going to be moving on to something that's called Twice As Nice, which is a double IPA, 6.6%, again, from the Hop Foundry. But who knows what that's like, because it's going to take me a while to get through this. <laughs> what about you, Owen? What are you drinking? So I went with Shepherd Neiman Co. Kentish Strong Ale. So I thought I'd start with a nice 6.5% triple hopped, you know, proper heavy ale, which was actually really nice. I'm not a massive fan of really hoppy beers, but this was a pleasant surprise for me. I was expecting it would be too hoppy, but... Yeah, that went down a treat. And I'm just about to dip into, similarly to you, Dan, going down the kind of citrusy, kind of fruity. I've got a citrus IPA. Never tried it before. Uh, also by Shepherd Neem. And the first couple of couple of tastes, it's, again, really nice. Not like too citrusy that it comes, again, like sour. It's mm. just got that nice, yeah, that nice just citrus that kind of clears the palate. It's quite nice. Yeah, no, like I said, I mean, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big fan of sours. I, I do like the sour beers. And that that started from a I, – I, I went to see a friend who lives in Deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went to an owl house that, that was there. And he said to me, he goes, Steve, he goes, you have to try this beer. He goes, it's like the most amazing beer. And it was from the – and I'm, forgive me if I pronounce this incorrectly, but it was from the, the Dudgies Brewery, which mm-hmm. I think is Swedish. It was called Tropical Thunder. Which was like it was like drinking alcoholic umbongo. 
Nice. <laughs> but he said to me, he said, he said, if you want to try it, he goes, it's really, really nice. He goes, however, it is a little bit expensive. <laughs> okay. So I said, okay, that's fine. I said, well, I'll tell you what, let me get a couple in. I said, and if, if we'll see if we like it. So I buy these two pints of beer and the person says that'll be 14 pound please <laughs> for two pints of beer. I bought four pints that day because it was just, it just blew me away. It was just unbelievable. And I think mm. that started me on the road to kind of sours and things like that. So I'm always on the lookout for a sour. I don't mind a porter either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm, porter. I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite fond of a porter. I subscribe to Flavorly. And I can't remember which brand it was, but in my one of my first boxes that I got last year, it had a whiskey porter, mm. and oh, it was heaven, absolute heaven. But yeah, I, I haven't I haven't had too many porters before, but that one was. Yeah, there's there's been a, there's been some good ones and some good milk stouts and stuff like that 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 have kind of come out. Uh, I used to subscribe to Beer Fifty Two. Yeah. Uh, and, and got quite a few cases from them, uh, and they, they, their cases were quite good because they were they were by country. I don't know if Flavely does the same thing, but so when you got a case of beer from Beer Fifty Two, it was like all from Ireland or from France or from you know Scotland or Wales or or something like that. So they were real or Jamaica or somewhere like that. They were really random kind of selections, and some of those were obviously quite nice. So the one that you were saying that, as you say, Tropic Thunder. Tropical Tropical Thunder, Thunder. yeah, yeah. Can you get that? Can you buy that? You know, bottled or or anywhere else, or do you have to only go down to that brewery? No, you can buy it in the bottle, but you have to order it. I've never found anywhere. I've never found any shop or anywhere like that that sells it. But so yeah, but I have found it online, Uh, so you can buy a case of it. I think, but yeah, I think it's Swedish. Nice. Send us send us a link. (laughs) I have to see if I can find one. (laughs) Or if you're listening uh, and you want to send us it, yes, Dodgies, if you're listening. Greet, yeah, meet and greet barbecue podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Absolutely. To see more content on our social media channels, follow the hashtag meet, greet, barbecue podcast. And for our cooking challenges, we set our guests each week, hashtag barbecue bingo. I was looking through your Instagram account earlier and an image came up, which I remember seeing for the first time, thinking, oh, God, what happened there? Talk us through the pavilion incident. <laughs> yeah, so when I saw I was building it, this happened when I was building it. So basically, so I, I where, when I first built it, I put it at the back end of my garden. So you, you'll see the back end of my garden in my Instagram. You can see the pictures of it. Like It's like a little sort of box area at the back, and the garage door is on the, on the back end. So... I wasn't too sure on the weather, so I thought, oh, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open up the box and get all the pieces out inside the garage, mm-hmm. and then I'm just going to I'm going to build it outside the garage. So I was building it, and I had all these metal poles everywhere, and they were quite thick. So I had two of the metal poles in my hand, and as I went to walk out the garage, one of the metal poles was actually like resting point end against the door frame. <sighs> So what I did is as I went to walk out, my foot got stuck in the hole of the end of the pole. So as I lifted my foot up, because I was on the forward movement, as I lifted my foot up, the pole pivoted up on the door. And I, because I had these, (laughs) I had these two poles. So I was literally falling out of the garage door into my garden, which is all shingle pebble. Uh, But as I come out, I even I audibly said, 
you're going to fall over. I literally <laughs> heard myself say, you're going to fall over. And I haven't fallen over for a very, very long time <laughs> because getting up isn't really easy. Uh, and I, but so what I did, but I was very conscious that I had two very solid metal poles in my hand. So what I did is rather than stop myself from falling, I threw the poles out in front of me and literally <laughs> just face planted the floor. But basically the injury on my leg was that uh, I was still in the garage. So I took the full force of the fall Ooh. on the door frame. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. On, on the door frame. Uh, and it's just Ouch. like a UPVC door. So it's got that like lip, little, yeah. but that little lip that comes up. So, <laughs> but the funny thing is, is I've, I'm laying on the floor face down and I'm thinking you've fallen over. I think I'm okay. I'm not sure. So I managed to roll myself over and I saw my leg and it came up so quickly, like literally it came up straight away. So I literally casually got my phone out of my pocket, sent a text message to my girlfriend saying, can you come and help? I've just fallen over. So <laughs> that's all it said. So she literally comes running out, the usual sympathetic girlfriend. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so, and then obviously she helped me back into the house and, and my leg was pretty bashed up and I bruised really, really easily. I'm on because of some medication I'm on. I've got blood problems and stuff like that. But my I bruise, I just went, my leg just came up. And that actual swelling on my leg uh, has never gone. It's still there. Wow. I wow. And I've been to How long ago was that? Oh, uh, it must be six months ago, minimum. Mm. Uh, I've been to the hospital. They've scanned it. They've x-rayed it. They've done everything. There's no breaks. There's no chips. There's nothing like that on the bone or anything like that. It's literally just soft tissue wound. And it's still... Yeah, it's all right now. It's fine. But yeah, I forgot to put that on there, actually. <laughs> well, but it was worth it. It was worth oh, it. Man, it was oh, man. Oh, it was so worth it. You know, <laughs> and I finished. And even my girlfriend was like, no, you've got to go to the hospital. And I said, no, I need to finish the pavilion. She's going, no, you've got to go. And I'm like, no, I've got, I'm all right. Just give me some ice. I'll sit here for half an hour, which I did. Uh, and I went out and I finished that bloody pavilion and got that up. <laughs> And then four months later, she's like, I think we should move it down to Fanley Garden. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we picked it up. It was easy. It's quite light anyway. So we kind of picked it up and moved it down the front of the garden. So, uh, so yeah. I suppose that to- that leads us quite nicely into the next kind of segment that uh, we-, we like to talk about, which is the barbecue fails. And uh, some, of the- some of the things that hasn't gone so well and uh, perhaps hasn't made your Instagram or perhaps would have. If you've taken but, photos of your injuries. Well, this is it. Do you know what? I've been preparing myself for this because I've heard some of the ones from the previous podcast. So, <laughs> I, and, I, and do you know what? I'm going to, I'll split this into two different because I have had epic fouls with equipment and epic fouls with food purely from a knowledge perspective. So if I, if I, if one kind of leads into the other. So when I lived on my own for quite a period of time, I was watching, I was really into man versus food. Yes. Okay. Adam yeah. Richmond, right? So he's a brilliant, brilliant person on the food. I love that kind of stuff. I use, he's a, I'm a big fan of his. And he was talking about this smoker, this bullet smoker called a Brinkman. And I don't know if you remember, you're going to have to go back because this is a while back. So, so a Brink, I don't think you can't get them anymore, but it was a Brinkman bullet smoker. And it was like top of the range at the time. So I'm thinking, and I'm watching all these programs and I'm thinking, yeah, I can do that. Look, I can do that. Uh, <laughs> So I tweeted, I put a tweet out and said, oh, looking at the Brinkman smoker, I said, my my girlfriend says, which I didn't have at the time, it was a complete lie. Uh, I said, my girlfriend says that if I can get a retweet from Adam Richman, then she'll let me buy a Brinkman smoker. To which he responded, I'll come round for wings, right? <laughs> he said, I'll come round for the wings. And I'm like, oh my God, he's responded. So anyway, so I bought this smoker 
And I'm thinking, right, so we are going to hit this hard. So I bought a rolled brisket and some sausages, <laughs> some general big sausage. And I'm like, I am smoking them. Oh, my God, this is going to be the most amazing thing I'm going to invite. I'm going to have one test on my own, and then I'm going to invite my friends around. I made a rub, which I made loads of rub. It was so much rub. It was like a literal box of it. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to use this smoker. And, and, I, and I did that, and I, and I cooked the thing. The sausages were unbelievable. You know, they were so, so good. They they were they came out so nice. Unfortunately, what the what the Brinkman smoker did do was it turned that really nice piece of rolled brisket into a shoe, <laughs> which, uh, which I quite possibly could have worn today, and it still wouldn't have worn out today. It was the I couldn't cut it. It was the most horrendous cook ever. Uh, and I literally could not cut this piece. And everything like that, and in the end, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, I, I'm sure it looked a bit more moist than this on the telly. I mean, it, it looked all right. <laughs> uh, I was like, maybe, maybe it needs a gravy, so I'm <laughs> maybe put a bit of gravy on it, it'll be fine. But yeah, so I, I think you know that was my first experience of me trying to do some long cook, and I cooked that for about eight hours as well. I was up really early for that, but it was like a one kilo piece of rolled brisket, mm-hmm. which I'd cooked for like eight hours or something. Never changed the coals once. Never added water to it once. Just what was already in there. So obviously you hear all these things and you think, thinking because when I watched it on the TV, they didn't show any of that. That was never on there. Not, not uh, only that, the, the fat content of the meat's going to be much different in America than it is over here because of what they yeah. do to their animals over there. <laughs> Absolutely, that's right. And I'm thinking it doesn't look like that. I'm so, but it's rolled brisket. It'll be fine. I think I even unrolled it. Mm. I think I'm sure I did. So what did Adam Richmond think? Did he like it? Or? Oh, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't come around, mate. He blew me out. I was guys. <laughs> Adam Richmond, what are you doing? I know, what a waster, honestly. Loser. Uh, but yeah, he's so vegan that, now, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, vegan. What? No, yeah? surely if you, not. If you look him up, not only is he vegan, he's lost loads of weight. Because when he was doing man versus food to keep the hunger up, he used to like run marathons on treadmills and stuff to try and A, keep him healthy because the amount of food he's consuming, but be also to keep the hunger going because you, really? need, you need the appetite. But yes, yeah, it was worth looking into. He's lost a load of weight. And yeah, yeah, I knew he's lost, yeah, I knew he'd lost a load, but I'm, I'm sure I saw him on TikTok. He's been on TikTok recently, like eating chicken. Maybe he's gone unvegan then. He was definitely vegan for like two <laughs> years, three he's years. Unvegan. Wow, yeah. I, did, I really didn't know that. I, I really, <laughs> really didn't know that. It broke my heart. Oh, wow. so, much, so much respect gone. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry vegans anyway back to your story sorry. yeah sorry so i think i think the other fail is one of regret more than anything so when like going back before before the brinkman funnily <laughs> enough i had uh i had a barbecue that it was a gas barbecue but it was an outback flat top barbecue I paid about £200 for it. It wasn't really anything special, but it had a cast iron grill on one side and a cast iron plancher hot plate on the other. And all I really cooked on that hot plate was halloumi and burgers. I didn't know of smash burgers. Mm. I didn't know of like crisping bacon. I didn't know of domes. I didn't know of anything like that. And I got rid of that barbecue without even really knowing anything i was and now i've and i've thought about that (laughs) some time now thinking that you know what i was devastated in the fact that i'm now thinking you know you're talking about all this stuff and you literally had that you literally had that in your garden and you didn't know 
what you had and I just didn't know what I had that was all it was it was it was purely a case of then that's where that's where my journey has taken me it's taken me to that point now where I can look back and think you got it so wrong you know with what you were doing and and the things that you would do now and I know I've put out on the I've put out on the Instagram and that about you know and I think you and I I and you and I I think have had a chat through chats I think when you just got your smoky mountain I think we were talking about that about I was thinking about getting a smoker and I'm still contemplating it. I'm not really a hundred percent in it yet. I'm I'm not at that point because I still don't know what I would do with it because I'm still not drawn into the long cook element <laughs> of stuff just yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think I think the other barbecue fail is just that my, I had the equipment. I had what I could have had to make something amazing. I'm kind of fascinated by smash burgers, but I've never had one. Oh, neither have I. So neither have I. Honestly, and this and this is all I get. You know, I talk to people all the time. I know so much about Five Guys, but I've never been. Yeah, <laughs> and people say to me, "Oh God, you got to go to Five Guys. You should go to Five Guys. It's the most amazing place ever." Mm. But the one thing they always say is, "But it's been a, it's a bit expensive." Yeah, but like, it's it's so worth it. It's so well, I said. It. Well, the funny thing is, I said, I said, well, I said, you know why it's expensive though, don't you? It's because they use chuck and sirloin in their burgers. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, how do you know that? I said, well, I've researched it, but you've never had one. I'm like, no. <laughs> so, so I know what they make their burgers out of, but I've never been. The, the, uh, other thing, the other thing about Five Guys, and part of the reason their chips taste so good as well, is I don't know if any other fast food places in the UK really do this, but all of the frying stuff, they use peanut oil. All right. So it just tastes completely different. I, I've got a friend who's got like a mild peanut allergy but he can't walk past the five guys. He wants to walk past the five guys and the side of his face swelled up. Really? Yeah. Wow. But you can imagine good the difference. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the flavour, the flavour, oh, isn't wow. it? So yeah. I mean? sponsor, sponsor our show, please. That's it. <laughs> Sponsors are like, I don't know, some kind of allergy tablet relief or something like that. Like <laughs> yeah. pir- Pirotin and five guys. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my dream of us having dry roasted peanuts sponsoring this this podcast is now gone down. But it's, it's so good, five guys. They, they mm. know what they're doing. There's a reason yeah. that they're that big. Um, and it's that expensive and it's worth it, completely worth it. Yeah. And they're the, mess- they're, they're the messages I get. And I and I think, you know, going back going back to the... Uh, going back to the thousand in in that in that element it's you know what i had could have produced that i think mm-hmm. you know and i don't have that now and and i'm obviously i'm trying to build up to that again i've reached out to outback <laughs> uh, and spoken <laughs> to them because they do like a party six like a six burner party barbecue which is really similar to that one yeah and it folds as well it's a folding one it's really clever they have actually responded to me and said their 2021 social media budget has now been sorted. So, but they'll get in contact with me later. Uh, but you, know, you don't ask, you don't get right. So there's, yeah, hundred percent true, hundred percent true. So now we've brought that back up, and the fact that you're missing that, you, we going back to the beginning of the podcast when we were saying about me and Dan being sad that we're dreaming about barbecuing. I think that's that's teeing you up for tonight, dreaming of the what could have been with your outback. And it's, I, and that's the thing. I, I think it, that's the only thing that I, I could really go back to. I mean, even the Brinkman Smoker, I mean, it was really similar to a Smoky Mountain in shape and size. Uh, but I gave it to my next door neighbours uh, when I left, when I moved. I, I gave it to them and said, look, I'm not going to use it, so you may as well have it. And like I say, it's only really been lockdown that's kind of pushed me back out into the garden and in front of the barbecue. Talking about fails, I, I always um, offer up at least one of my own, because I think it's only fair if we're asking people we're speaking to, I should say, what's gone wrong. 
So back when I lived in our old house and we had a gas barbecue, um, it was the f- first load of times I'd cooked with it. You've got a big, big gas canister. You attach it. And even though you're turning the gas on and off, I just left the canister attached. And then it got to the end of the season and it was still heavy as anything. I was like, there's at least half this canister left in there. One of the big, what are they like? 20 litre gas kegs. And I couldn't get the thing off. I could not get the thing off the attachment. I was clicking it. I was clicking it. I was like, I'm sure I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So I quickly had a look and there was a, a button on the side of the, of the actual gas canister that said ER release. I thought that meant easy release. So I thought, oh, okay, so I need to press that button while pressing the button on the top. And that's why it's not coming off. Press that button and almost floor myself because I've hit the quick emergency release for the gas. So I dump probably about 10 litres of gas into my face <laughs> and knock myself over. Thank, like Obviously, you wouldn't be using that indoors, but I was like, God, if that had been in an enclosed space, I, I don't know what could have happened. But it was just, it was the noise, the instant regret, and then trying not to choke to death as I've hit the deck crawling wow. away from this thing. And it cost me a lot of money as well because you've got to then refill the sodden thing. I just, ah. Oh. But again, if you don't know, these sort of things happen. Yeah, man, I've, I've just, and it's true, you know, I've, I've, I'm learning so much, you know, and I only look back now and think, oh my God, I made so many bad mistakes with barbecues in the past. <laughs> I did one, one for me that sticks out was um, I went to a family barbecue or party and someone started a barbecue but then had too many drinks and just didn't really care and had all these guests so i i ended up jumping in so don't worry give me all the you know get the meal the meat i'll uh, i'll take over the barbecue it was a cheap and cheerful kettle didn't have a lid or anything and it was really shallow and i don't think the quality of the meat was that great is in i don't think there were sausages i think they're bangers you know like 10% meat quality type scenario and as soon as I got them onto the grill because it was so hot so shallow this fat started licking the coals and all of a sudden within 10 minutes this whole barbecue was on fire (laughs) from rim to rim on fire and I had all these sausages and all I remember trying to do is just get these sausages and I was burning all my hands I was literally throwing these sausages off the barbecue into the garden (laughs) flying everywhere just trying not to burn these bloody things and yeah just this barbecue was completely knackered afterwards it just all this fat from these sausages had just completely set the thing on fire luckily we managed to get it under control but yeah needless to say we didn't ha- we didn't have that much food <laughs> <left>. <laughs> so Man. poor poor meat poor equipment and uh you know a half drunk um cook didn't didn't really make a good mix but I've seen I've seen people who have kind of tried to do, uh, have had that kind of problem in, in the same thing. I've literally seen people stand with a barbecue with tongs in one hand and a water spray bottle in the other hand, and while every time it flares up, they're spraying the coals with water just to keep the flames down. So they're literally turning food with one hand and spraying the coals with water with the other one to keep the flames from coming up. Well, it's mad, isn't it? The other classic <laughs> is people not understanding, despite the fact that it's written on every single bag of charcoal. Let the flames die down. Let the coals go go white. That's that's your cooking time. That's when yep. you cook. And I, I don't know if it's a British thing about speed, 
But, but the classic thing is flames coming out the top of the grill and people, like you said, throwing around sausages, trying to make sure that they're black on the outside, pink on the inside, and hope that no one needs to go to hospital afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah, my, my brother always used to say that uh, that barbecue was French for black on the outside, raw in the middle. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, but, but, but even, even now, my brother is a pretty good barbecue as well, to be fair. So... Mm. I'm pretty sure you. I remember sort of growing up and when my family used to have barbecues, it was all the old lighter fluid. Just get, <laughs> get lighter fluid all over those charcoals. That's that's how you get it going. Couldn't even yeah. imagine doing that now. Well, interestingly enough, I was asked to cook for my mum. I think it was like a 50th birthday or something like that uh, quite a few years ago. And she said, would you, would you cook for me? And I'm like, yeah, all right, then that's fine. And I just kind of thought, oh, yeah, I've just got me Brinkman. I've just got all that. I've got a nice charcoal starter and everything like that. So, of course, I've got this massive like flat-end barbecue that was probably like a metre and a half wide, 60 people, and I've got like one chimney of <laughs> charcoal <laughs> and i'm like it won't take long it won't take long it's fine everyone's hungry so in the end well i think one of my uncles come along and said look we can't worry for this literally got the bag tipped the whole bag out onto the bottom of the barbecue the whole bottle of lighter fluid went onto it and he just lit it and it was like it just literally blew up and everything like that and then he goes right well, go just wait for that to die down a bit and you're ready to go and I'm like, oh, I'm not cooking on it in the end. In the end, I, I, I think I cooked on it in the end, but I wasn't happy. Mm. <laughs> so, and I think that was more of an appreciation thing. Is is I was just getting to a point where I was starting to appreciate the different elements of barbecue and like the impact that things like lighter fluid have on have on the the taste of the food and yeah. and that kind of stuff. So it was just something that I didn't want to do. But yeah, yeah, I think it's, a, it's definitely a big no no. Mm. So one of the other things that we wanted to find out from you and and see where you are in, in in this and we spoke to ian about it last week as well um we actually hadn't named it previously but we, we call it condiment corner mm. so you know we want to talk about kind of what you accompany your your barbecue cooks with what rubs do you use are you more of a homemade man or do you kind of buy into brands and if so you know what are, what are your favorite condiments that, that you, you use for your barbecues uh, well, from a rub perspective, I've definitely gone down the road of making my own. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something that that I enjoy to I enjoy doing. It's definitely one of the one of the highlights for me in, in what I'm doing from a barbecue perspective. I have bought from companies before. I bought a really nice selection from Spice Anarchy and got some good stuff from them. So that was good stuff. Uh, and I was using those on things like potatoes and stuff like that. So there were some really nice ones there. But you know, and I and I think I put this out to the community as well. And I said, you know, where are people buying rubs from? What, where, where's the place to go? And a couple of people come back to me and just said, you know, it's you know, the ones that you buy in are great, but make there's just no, you know, they sometimes just don't get that close to making your own. And I, and what I've done is I've made a couple in the past, and I've stuck with those. So I've I've got uh, I'm a big cookbook fan. Uh, I like I like books, and I've got some really really good barbecue books. And I've made a couple from them. So I, I have a baby back rib rub that I've stuck with that, that, that I've held on to for, for quite some time now. Uh, and I'm, I continue to use that. Uh, and I've just made one, one I made on Wednesday actually was a barbecue chicken rub, which, which went down really well too. With regards to sauces, I'm a big sweet baby raised fan. The sweet baby raised barbecue sauces for my birthday was it for birthday for christmas uh, my girlfriend actually bought me three bottles of sweet baby rays online she bought me 
the hickory smoked one, which you can't get over here. I think the honey one, which you can get now, and the buffalo wing, a sweet baby race sauce as well, which I used on Wednesday. They were amazing. They, they've always been nice. Uh, and even even our youngest here in the house, he he's moving from kind of ketchup to barbecue sauce and he loves the Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauces as well. They're amazing. And even I've had friends who have said to me, oh man, that barbecue sauce that you put on your page, I've gone and bought a bottle and it is a, the best barbecue sauce I've ever had. So yeah, so I think I think anything like that, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan with from, from a source perspective. I have bought things from the sauce shop and, and stuff like that just to try those things out. But but no, nothing's really come close to Sweet Baby Ray's just yet. I've got a bottle of Sweet Baby Ray's honey barbecue. I haven't opened it yet. Oh, it's amazing. It's so is nice. It? And it, yeah, I think the, if you've had the bottle of the original, the original is quite spicy. I find it a little bit spicy. It's Imagine that, but without the spiciness. It, it's it's really nice. It's really subtle. And the buffalo blew me away. You can't get the buffalo over here yet. I don't think she bought them from Amazon. And she said, they were well expensive to buy them. And we got them shipped over and she bought them for me. So, but yeah, the buffalo sauce I tried for the first time. I'm a massive fan of buffalo sauce. I love spice. I'm, I'm a, quite a spicy fan. And that was just delicious. Really, really good. If you're a big fan of spice, have you tried Saucy Bitch? No. Got to give it. Um, so I've kind of done the reverse to you in that, last year when I kind of upped my barbecue game, although I've been doing it for, you know, a number of years, Mm. I launched my Instagram page last year. I was always making my own rubs. And I've actually then towards the back end of last year started to try and find, you know, different companies and sort of, again, Spice Anarchy. I I love their, their rubs, Uh, Somerset seasoning. I've just recently used some of theirs. They're brilliant. And I've gone on to Angus Anoink now. But I tried Saucy Bitch last year. Again, just came popped up on Instagram, locally made in London, and they have some incredible flavours, but spice as, as well. So they've got like a mellow yellow, it's called, and it's like a it's like like a fruit sauce. But all of a sudden, you just get this real punch afterwards with with uh, with spices. But you know, sometimes when sauces are so spicy that actually you can't taste the flavor. Yeah. Yeah. And that really winds me up. Yeah. That, you know, they've been so focused on making it spicy that you actually ruin the taste. Whereas, yeah, yeah Saucy Bitch have a, I mean, they've got a triple X and it is like ridiculously hot, you know, like kind of burn your tongue hot. But actually, the rest of the, the rest of them are really flavorful, but are spicy at the same time. I, th- I think, Dan, you came over and tried a few, yeah. didn't you, that time? Really good, yeah, really, really good. I really recommend giving yeah. them a go if you like spicy sauce. Yeah, I, I do. I really do. But I think uh, on equal to that to what you just said as well, and in the fact that, you know, I like spice, but I like the taste of food. Mm. You know, it's a bit like, funny enough, I had a conversation with someone at work tonight and we was talking about, a very well-known Portuguese chicken establishment. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but we were talking, and I said, you know, I said, when when I go to like Nando's, I, I like, you know, I like the medium sauce on, on my chicken because I like the taste of the chicken. But I'll, I'll have a bottle of hot sauce on the table for like my fries or in my coleslaw or my peas or, or something like that, you know, so uh, because I like the spice of that. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm the same in the fact that I don't want the spice to ruin the taste of the food. I want it to complement it and add to that. I don't want it to just literally, I don't want it to be the only thing that I think about is the fact that this is hot. Yeah. I think one for me that is a bit like that is that Frank's hot sauce. Yeah. I find it's just too spicy and bitter 
but yeah. you don't actually get a flavor. You know, you don't get enough of a flavor. Yeah. So with so Frank's is a really good hot sauce to make buffalo sauce with. Right. Uh, if if you if you add butter to it, if if you mix a bottle of Frank sauce with butter and some cayenne and, and a, a couple of other bits and pieces, it actually makes a really nice. Uh, buffalo sauce and and i think yeah i think frank's as a just a standalone is too much but i think the butter in that because you had you can add quite a lot of butter to it i think the butter just takes that edge off it and perhaps makes it a bit sweeter and just adds that edge to it a little bit so yeah so i, I agree with that definitely i think making your own rubs and things is great because you can balance the flavors yeah. My problem is I, I'm finding that I am not getting the same sort of depth yet as I do from other places like Angus and Oink. And also, particularly that that brand, they are quite like, they go out there with some of the flavours, which I would never, ever think about putting together in the first place. Um, but the goal is to be at the point where I will happily make my own rubs and then why would I need to buy anything ever again? Yeah, I think I think Angus and Oink is on my list. I think it's the one that keeps on coming up. It's the one that is very prominent in the market, I think, at the moment. And certainly in the community as well. You know, certainly some names out there about like the the Feather Duster and stuff like mm-hmm. that that is really, really popular at the moment. One of the things that I try to do with my rubs is I try not to add sugar to them. It's one of the things I try to stay away from because of the burn element of that uh, on a barbecue. Mm-hmm. But I, I find, yeah, I find like the chicken one that I made the other day was literally just five, six things. It's very simple, very plain and just worked really, really well. So I think I'll, I'll keep trying with that. And of course, you know, as as things progress and as things move on, I think you have to be in a position to try these things. You have to go and say, oh, yeah, I want to do that. I want it's, it's a really I think the barbecue element of the community is the fact that I want to do and I want to try what everybody else is trying. You know, I want to buy some some Angus anoint rubs because people talk about them. Mm-hmm. I want to buy from Spice Anarchy because people talk about them. I want to, you know, and I think that's that, that's one of the things that kind of keeps pushing that through. I think it's uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely worthwhile. But but again, I think you know with the depth kind of thing, I think the mix is, is part of that as well. I don't know if you've seen. I I use a, I use a protein shake mixer to mix my rubs in with the you only know, get the little silver whisk ball inside. Yeah. So I literally bought a protein shaker for like about eighty pence, I think, from a shop that had a ball inside it, and I make my rubs in that, uh, and wow. I shake it with the ball inside it, and and that I, I tend to find I get a much better mix. I get no lumps or anything like that in it. Mm-hmm. It just really the ball kind of adds as a as a whisk in there. So uh, see, I go I go old school and use a pestle and mortar. Really, but do you need to grind anything though? Are you are you are you using whole like peppercorns or, or, or whole seeds or anything like that in that? It's a mix in that I, uh, you know, sea salt or rock salt. So I normally start by grinding the rock salt down or the yeah. pepper down. And then I think, well, I'm already using the pestle and mortar. So I'll add the powder to it. So, and then kind of mix it, you know, nice. mix it that way. Yeah. Actually, just want to touch back on something you said about sugar and yeah. try and that must be quite difficult because again, just from experience from my, from myself and, and the cookbooks that I've got and the rubs that, you know, I, I've done a home before. Mm. Almost all of them have some bit sugar in it. It must be quite difficult. Then, what do you do? You use a sugar replacement, or do you just literally omit the sugar at all? 
no, I just take it out. I think one one of the things I have, I I work when I'm when I'm when I'm not barbecuing. I I work in L and D. I work in learning and development, like training people and stuff like that in various things. And one one of the things that I've trained in the past is how to look at a problem and how to do problem solving. So when we look at something, you know, when we when we're kind of defined that if we want to change something, we need to add it. What people generally don't think about is that how can I make this better? What can I remove? And, and I think people don't think of it like that. I think people, what can I add in to make it better? When sometimes we don't always have to do that. Sometimes you can just remove something like a part of the process or a part of the recipe or something like that to make what you want. So I kind of took a bit of a punt with just not adding it because of the predominantly because of the burn element. I'd made one really quite early for a rack of ribs and I I put it on and of course because it was on right at the beginning of my cook it burnt it, it just kind of the carrot it had been on there long enough to, to burn rather than just caramelize quite nicely it had just yeah, kind of right. gone so it was more of a case of well if that's burnt then I'm just going to leave it out I'm just not even going to bother putting it in and then just see what happens and then just that trial and error. And I think I'm more comfortable with that because it's something that I've had experience before that if I come up with a problem, I don't always look at what I could add or what I could change. I also look at what can I remove uh, in order to get that. And that's kind of helped me, I guess, in, in that element. If you need sweetness or anything like that, then there's other things, you know, about like maybe like adding some a small amount of paprika or even mustard powder or something like that just to kind of add that little, little piece of depth perhaps to that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because... Yeah, as I said, I would normally just go ahead and put the sugar in and try and get that caramelization, mm. you know, on, on the on the on the meat. But also yeah, it's probably I, it's really not healthy though, let's be honest. No, of course not. I know, but I think but I know I know what I'm missing out on by not having it in there. And it's I'm not I'm not always comfortable with missing out on that because of that caramelization. But I think until I get until I can build up the the skills to kind of say, look, I know when I know when that burn point is going to take place on what I'm cooking. So I know perhaps when to add it or maybe to add it later, or maybe even add a, like, can I add it a different way? So if I'm, if I'm spritzing a rack of ribs, for example, can I add my sugar element to my spritz hmm. rather than my rub and just perhaps changing it in that perspective and just trying to Apple. find the differences with that? Like an apple juice spray. Yeah, or yeah, basically, like that. yeah, just something like that. Just kind of get the natural sugars out of that, and of course, you're adding it a bit later or uh, uh, perhaps at kind of more set times rather than just having it on there all the way through. Mm-hmm. To see more content on our social media channels, follow the hashtag Meet Greet Barbecue Podcast, and for our cooking challenges, we set our guests each week hashtag Barbecue Bingo. Barbecue Bingo. I think it's that time. (laughs) I think it's that time. So barbecue bingo, for those who don't know, is a regular feature that we have on the show where we effectively have a spinning wheel with a number of different cooks on it. And we ask our guests to cook whatever comes up, to put it on their Instagram, to tag us in and also use the hashtag barbecue bingo. Um, And it's a great way of getting people to try and eat different things and cook different things but also to showcase their skill because some of the items on here will be ingredients um some of them will actually be meals but it gets people cooking out of their comfort zone which at the end of the day actually makes you a better cook but before we get properly into this steve what would be your signature dish what is your signature cook 
blimey. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think it's got to be. It's got to be wings, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. It is. And do you know what? I've I've tried a few different things with wings. Like so, I've tr- with the wings. I've tried leaving them leaving them as whole as a three piece, cutting them in, into into three, and, and or just cooking them separate. I, I like cooking them as a whole. I, I find it retains a little bit more moisture and flavour. But but yeah, prob- probably wings. Well, that'll be your signature dish if it comes up. I'm going to give the wheel a spin. Okay. And uh, yeah, as Dan mentioned, anything that it lands on, that'll be your challenge. And then uh, if you can tag us in when you do that on Instagram. Absolutely. And use the hashtag meet and greet barbecue podcast and barbecue bingo. So here we go. <laughs> okay. Right. Wow. <laughs> I would like just like to say it says we have a winner at the top of it. <laughs> I don't think we do, do we? <laughs> Chicken liver. Now, Chicken liver. Chicken I... liver. So that's the first time. That's the first time that that's been on. Brilliant. I, uh, that was added for you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> how are you feeling about that? Uh, yeah. All right. I I know what I'd do with it straight got, away. I've got an idea. I got a dog. <laughs> so she'll like it. So <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what. I, I'll I'll tell you where my brain has gone with gone to straight away, and you can use that, or you can go in your own direction. Of course, you can. But straight away, my brain went chicken liver pate. Mm. Yeah, How I can I use pate in a cook? That that's where my brain would go. I tell you where my brain's gone. Uh, if that was me, leave the call. Never contact us again. <laughs> yeah, you're breaking up. You're breaking up, guys. I, can't, I think I didn't. I didn't see the spin. So, hey, no, but I, hey, do you know what? I'm 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 a fan of liver. I I, I am a big. My girlfriend really isn't. Uh, you know, I'm a fan. You know, get me a get me a good old fashioned liver and bacon any day of the week. You know, and I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of that. But chicken livers may be slightly different. Yeah, I think. Yeah, bring it on. Easy peasy. Do you guys have to do it as well? <laughs> well, know, last last right. week we, I heard um, that. Yeah, we got we got challenged, and I I've done mine. I don't think I'm not sure if Owen's done his yet. Um, I, ha- so... I haven't actually. Um, I, I don't eat lamb, but mm-hmm. I, I did say to my wife, "Could you, you know, get yourself some lamb?" And she hasn't done yet, so I do need to. <laughs> I do need to get on it. Oh though. wow! Pass that buck and bananas, right? Yeah. So my my. <laughs> My challenge is bananas. I, I listen them. to that. I'm like, who do I listen to that? I'm like, what? Who doesn't like bananas? Oh, they they <laughs> they smell bad. They, they they feel bad. I mean, I know other fruits have a skin, but this thing comes self-contained because it's like a nuclear bomb when you open it. The smell is awful. I genuinely call them the devil's phallic fruit. They're awful. There's nothing about them that I like. There's no redeemable features. So. I was challenged to cook uh, with it last week. So I, I did a kind of like almost like a banana split with it where I cut it in half, filled it with as much peanut butter as humanly possible to try and hide the banana flavor. Then I put chunks of dark chocolate in there along with um, chunks of butter as well, sprinkled brown sugar over the top, wrapped them in foil and put them on the coals for 15 or 20 minutes. That's delicious. And yeah, I served it with a scoop of vanilla ice cream as well. And it, they, they were quite good because I couldn't taste the banana. It was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> that genuinely is the first whole banana I've ever got through in my life. So it was, and I said to Steph, if I enjoyed it, 
that hopefully would blow other people's minds if they're into bananas. So I, I definitely give that a go if you may be thinking of doing some sort of dessert. You, you can't say like if I enjoyed it, if you didn't taste it, it's like you could you could have put anything in there other than well, a banana. I, I ate all of the banana as well. Or like the, at least the, the inside of the skin, there was nothing in it once I'd finished. So it's quite, I, just, I think it's quite an inoffensive thing to like dislike. You know, it's I don't think it's got a massive flavour or I don't think the texture's you know unappealing it's rank but also cu- you don't like cucumber and i no. think cucumber's the same it's I just there's not much taste to it it's quite pleasant it's refreshing in terms of the texture and how it feels it's just odd <laughs> I, th- I think to be fair and i think a dislike for bananas is really underplaying it oh no you I really that. don't like bananas. it's no. like a really like vivid hatred for banana it, it's um of course people can't see like the, the video feed of this my my face changed <laughs> you can see uh, it. <laughs> it, it it's one of those flavors I, I don't know if everyone does have one or i think for a lot of people it's linked to alcohol because of a bad experience they've had but banana the flavor yeah. physically makes me gag I, I absolutely despise it. I don't know if maybe when i was young and i wasn't very well once i had like a medicine that was flavored with banana that's right. It's funny you say that. So, because most children's medicines now, the yellow like antibiotic medicine that you get is banana flavored. Well, it's not really. It doesn't taste like bananas, but it's it's certainly trying. <laughs> bananas are very trying. So, st- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that and cucumber. Going back to cucumber, it, it's it's offensive. Like the the flavor oh, in cute. there, it it tastes like you've got a glass of water, stuck it on the side of your room for about a week and a half like everyone did when they were a teenager or possibly when they were like a uni student. And then you've accidentally picked that glass of water up and had a swig. And it's just, it sounds weird to say it tastes violently green to me is how I describe it. That That's the, it's a weird, like I can't just, and I also, I like courgette and a lot of people go, well, how can you like courgette, but I hate cucumber because they're different flavors, mate. They're different. They're different, they're different things. <laughs> I, I, I just, oh God, I, I absolutely. No, what about cucumber. if you scoop the middle out of your cucumber? And is it, is it that that gives it that wateriness? I guess in, in that. So if you if you scoop the middle out and perhaps replace it with like a tomahawk steak or something like that. Then... <laughs> <laughs> the, the only reason I would scoop out the middle of a cucumber is to make sure it's dead. <laughs> that's wow, the, that's the only wow. reason I would do it. I tell you what, Steve, that's an awesome idea, though. You know, you get these like jalapeno poppers that everyone's doing that wrapping bacon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut cut a cucumber in half and put steak in the middle, and then put the other half of the <laughs> cucumber back on. I'm definitely having that a go. Do you know what I'm thinking as well? So obviously, what's a, what obviously generally goes with cucumber is of course tuna. So I'm thinking, scrape out the middle of a cucumber, maybe some slivers of tuna steak or something like that. Put it together, give it a, maybe a bit of a wrap in. I don't know. I was going to say bacon. Everything tastes good wrapped in bacon, to be fair. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to see one of us or both of us have a go on? I, I think I think what, I, what I'm really interested in seeing is people going back to the proper basic end. Like Owen's kebabs, like for example, is like proper basic end stuff. I'd be really keen to see the burgers with the black pudding in. Uh, I literally stuck them up on there probably three hours ago. So you would oh, have right. still been in work? Yeah, I would have been in work, yeah. For that, I did a mix of steak mints, about 60%, and then black pudding, about 40%, and literally just worked it, worked it, worked it in, into the patties. Are we going to have another giggle moment from Owen? 
this week. <laughs> more and more childish, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I got, I got both my hands in and amongst that meat and worked it until it was the oh, right consistency. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but the great thing about it is I think quite often when you make burgers at home, probably the quality of mince you use is nine times out of 10 going to be from supermarket. It's not going to be that high end. I made sure it was steak mince, but also the black pudding because of the fat content and the black pudding. My God, were these things moist. They were so, so good. And the flavor level where it wasn't dominated by the black pudding, it just worked its way right the way through. And I finished it off with mozzarella Nice. As like the melt and melting cheese on there. I had considered even maybe putting a bit of blue cheese on there, but I thought, no, I want, I want that cheese feel without the flavor dominating what I was yeah. having. But I'd, I'd definitely say have a go on black pudding burgers. Are you using like a 20% mince with that? A 20% uh, fat mince? I, it was actually about 5% because it was, oh, wow. it was more of a steak mince, yeah. but then the, because of the fat content of the black pudding yeah. brought, brought the whole thing back up. The other thing that I want to try at some point, which I've seen, I've only seen once or twice, but it's really not, not confused me, but I can't imagine what it'll come out as. So I tend to, when I'm making my burgers, I don't tend to use much binding agents. Right. You see some people using breadcrumbs and egg mm. and whatever, but I have seen people use oats. Okay. And I can't imagine what that would do to the burger, how, how it would taste, the consistency. What? what, what? Uh, have you thought about that? Because uh, I suppose some veggie burgers use oats, right? So what would it do with beef? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think because of because they're really absorbent, aren't they? Mm-hmm. It's like they're, 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 I think, you know, so obviously, so I think inside the burger, it's going to absorb, but I would worry about the consistency because they're going to absorb and grow. You know, you don't want like a porridgey burger. It's like... You'd have to um, grind them down. It's almost like yeah, a so flour. Like a fine oats, yeah, maybe something like that. Because I because I think obviously the binding agent is used as a binder. It doesn't really have any other benefit to holding that together. You know, the breadcrumb isn't gonna absorb much of the of the moisture from that burger and hold it in there. Whereas the oats might the, the mm. oats might actually act as a as as an a like a holding kind of place for the moisture in that burger. So there's certainly the potential of that happening. I think that's what I'm going to do. That's going to be my challenge this week. I'm going to cook a burger and I'm going to use oats in in the actual mix and see what happens. I'm going to have to think about how much do I use a small amount. I definitely use less than I would breadcrumbs, but that's what I'm going to do this week for something a bit different. Or you could make a veggie burger. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, you should have seen the look on his face then. Um, Sacrilege, though. Yeah, I had spoken about that a few episodes ago that I, I was thinking about it, but I'm trying to save that until I can actually see my vegetarian friends because if I'm cooking for myself, I need meat. So talking about basic barbecuing mm. and, and seeing more of that, I'm a big fan of the humble sausage. I haven't actually done a sausage Jenga picture for a while where I just cook loads of sausages and get as high as I can. Um, but I've actually got a duck sausage. Uh, it's in the fridge. Uh, so I'm going to give that a go next week. Yeah, I've never had a duck sausage before. I've had lots of different flavours, different meat, but not duck. So I'm looking forward to giving that a go. Yeah, that's quite interesting. So yeah, no, I'm I'm a fan of of, of sausages as well. I must admit, and it's you know, but I, I think just obviously the higher the meat content, the better. I think just just that is just that's the only thing I really work with. And to be fair, the family aren't massive sausage fans, so it's uh, 
We generally stay away from it more than anything. Yeah, I, I guess that, you know, I could be that selfish person. But but it's the, <laughs> but I guess it's the other thing. I, I think it's like, you know, we've <laughs> we got I've got, I've got I've got so many things in my freezer. It, it's uh, there's so much stuff to do in there. In the fact that I've got I've got ribeyes in there, wrapped them up individually because my girlfriend she's like I don't want to I don't want to eat the ribeye I don't want to eat the fat. Oh, We've got sirloins in there, which we see. So we cooked sirloins a couple of weeks back. Uh, we generally had fillet. So when we get a fillet, we buy a whole fillet and mm-hmm. we we cut that up. We had some sirloins and cooked them, and then oh, I don't really like the fat. So what we're doing with those at the moment is we're kind of defrosting them, we're shredding them up, and we're having them in fajitas. So we're having like the most amazing beef fajitas at the moment because we're using <laughs> sirloin, in them, which is like crazy. But no, so I've, I I think one one of the one of the questions I was going to ask you was your and I I haven't heard this in your in your previous episodes, but I have heard some of the other guys mention that, and this is the your kind of thoughts about the barbecue community as a whole for me it's been a massive source of of learning and information and everything like that i don't think and i think most of the people that you've spoken to already have said kind of the same thing i think what what you guys are doing is you're positioning yourself in a in a place where you're kind of bringing that together so kind of what your thoughts are around the whole impact that you think the barbecue community has and what you are going to have on it i think it's a great thing and certainly for me on my journey it's been really inspiring to see what other people are doing and how interactive people are and how supportive people are um and i think in not that i want to keep referring back to the last year or lockdown and things but I th- it, it does play an importance in in this that actually where we have been distant it's been something that has brought people all over the country and i all over the world together with a common interest. And obviously, you know, again, a few months ago, Steve, we'd never had any interaction at all. But again, through that love of barbecue, obviously we've had a few messages prior to this podcast and, you know, we've liked each other's content and commented, et cetera. So it's just bringing people together that just have that, you know, that that common interest and that common love for, for food and barbecuing. So I think a it's, a it's a fantastic thing, and I think where social media can be quite toxic in other areas. I don't. I've, I genuinely feel that we don't have that. You know, everyone's just out to learn and do better and interact with other people. And even if you can't, you know, even if your cook is not that good, people are not going to start criticizing you for it. It's just well done, mate. Give it, you know, try again type scenario, and that's the kind of support you get. In the second part of your question in terms of where do we sit or where do we feel that we sit in that community, uh, I've not really thought about that. You know, we've just put the podcast together, as, as I said to you earlier, just as a, a way to talk about something that we love and, and, and are so passionate about. I haven't really thought about actually what that means for the community, um, really. just We're just doing something that we love and we hope people love listening to it and, and, and gain something from it, whether that's ideas whether that's just a bit of light entertainment i haven't really thought about what actually it means for other people to listen to it so i think the barbecue community uh particularly on instagram i haven't really engaged with it on facebook and wouldn't know if there is a strong one on facebook to be fair and twitter's not something i do because i i just find it as a social media form quite toxic anyway i feel like it's just an angry area you open twitter and all you see is people screaming at each other and i'm mm. I, I don't need i don't need that in my life 
not only is it really um, kind of comforting in the fact that people are really supportive, but it gives me lots of recipe ideas. Uh, and originally that's why I got into it because I want to be look, thinking of different ways I can use the barbecue and different flavors that I can access, particularly where I can't find them somewhere I can buy in the UK easily. There's not many, if any, real barbecue establishments around here where we are or if there are i'm not aware of them and i've not been made aware of them but otherwise those flavors i can't really access easily so i'm going to try and cook them for myself and so seeing what other people are achieving in the uk and also looking at some of the american and canadian accounts for inspiration of how they're doing low and slow because that's something i personally want to be doing more of is fascinating for me and, and so i see that community possibly in a slightly different way that than Owen has mentioned in that for yeah. me, it's inspiring how I could be improving my cooking in regards to the podcast and where I possibly see that fit. Another reason that we haven't mentioned at all before on here that I wanted to do this is before all of the current world crazy affairs kicked off and the pandemic, um, I used to do hospital radio and I've done audio media since university absolutely love radio but i haven't personally felt comfortable going back to do that during the pandemic because i have one or two underlying health conditions i don't want to go anywhere near a hospital but i've really missed doing this audio kind of the editing the the talking the, the putting things out there is something that i absolutely love and the one downside to instagram is you don't really see conversations because it's not that type of medium you'll see people responding to each other and saying, oh, that's a great cook. Have you tried this? But there's no, unless it's in messages and then you don't see it in the wider audience, there's no conversations. Of course, you have things like the sizzle show, which I think is fantastic where yeah. people are talking and they set each other yeah. challenges and things. And you do see kind of things like barbecue wars. But to me, that is different to what we're currently doing now. We just want to talk about food and, and find out what people's inspirations are, how they achieve things themselves. And I personally hope that maybe this is something that can add to that community that maybe had a hole. I wanted to make sure if we were going to do something, not only were Owen and I going to enjoy doing it and going to learn from it because every episode I want to, and currently I am taking something from every episode and then applying it to how I cook. I'm hoping other people not only will do that, but also maybe start conversing more about it through messaging more people and having these types of conversations? Because I'm, I'm not sure if they're happening as much as they could or should be. Yeah, no, I, and, I, and I agree. I, I think, you know, this has been, you know, from from the outset of from the outset of the first message uh and stuff like that i oh my god i've told so many people by the way Good. you know if, 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 <laughs> if, if this episode doesn't get the most listens then i will be bloody surprised because i've told so many people about this so but i do you know what guys i th i think from my perspective and certainly what i've picked up in the initial three uh episodes in, in, and and in the intro of course including that i think you know the it really, it's nice just to hear people, and from a consumer perspective, mm -hmm. it's nice to hear people talking about that, and it's nice to hear the experiences, and it's nice to hear the topics and the and the points that you guys want to talk about, and the things that people are bringing up. Because I think you're right. I don't think there's anything like that, and if there is, I've certainly not found it. You know, because I am a, 
I am a, I am a learning professional by trade. I, I feed off of learning and make and helping people learn and what they do. And I think this is a massive learning resource for a lot of people, particularly people in my position. I, I, can't, I, I still can't believe I'm sitting here doing it with mm-hmm. you guys. It's that learning element, you know, and, and going back to the part about talking about my page and what I'm trying to get in the fact that, you know, I almost want to be that that kind of messiah for the learning people to say, right, I will take you this far, my child. <laughs> now you're ready to go to see these people, go and see these people to the beyond place and, and go and see them and go and see what they're actually doing because I'm happy in, in what I'm doing and the community seems happy in what I'm doing. I mean, I have, I've amounted way 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 beyond my own expectations in this community from a following perspective i was literally just doing it for a bit of fun and and i gained traction really quite quickly by not really doing that much you know so i'm i'm absolutely immersed and in love with this community and i think you know you guys are filling that space and i think that's a space that it very much needs just to be able to listen and hear people like pretty real people to be fair like no one no hairs no graces you know everyone's just kind of doing what they're doing and everyone's got that common ground so you know so from my perspective you know thanks for getting it on it and, and doing it and and giving something for me to listen to on my dog walks and you know and, and in my car and and everything like that and it's you know there's a space and you fill it and, and you're filling it really really well Thank you. Thank you. And, and you know what, man? And, and if you can get to like episode 100 and Dan, you're still talking about your barbecue <laughs> fails, mate, maybe you should give up, man. Because after 100 episodes, you've still got a new one for every single. No, I'm joking. But, but no, I think I, I he's going to go out and create it. some. Oh, yeah. that's it. But, but do you know what? I think, but the other good thing about that and the honesty is that, you know, I think we're all still going to make mistakes. We're going to keep making mistakes mm-hmm. and we're going to keep doing things wrong and, and everything like that. And I think. I, I think in one of your previous episodes, and I, and I think you said it, Dan, in the fact that, you know, you don't just want to see the good, filtered, nice, no. beautiful photos. You want to see the people that have made a right, proper balls up and say, man, look what I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and everyone's like, oh, yeah. And, you'll pro- and you know, the, the element is, is that you're going to get about 100 people going back and go, oh, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's that, that common ground of everybody that kind of fits it well, so... And that, do you know what, that was one of the, when me and Dan kind of brainstormed the ideas for the, the show and actually kind of some of the things that we did want to talk about, probably Barbecue Fails was one of the first things that we both agreed on that actually everyone's not perfect. Mm-hmm. No one is a perfect cook. You know, I'm sure even someone like Aaron Franklin, you know, who's churning out hundreds of briskets every single day is still not perfect. There's still improvements that he could make and, and it's going to be no different right down the line to your people that have just picked up a barbecue for the first time absolutely and we want to celebrate those fails that's how yeah. how everyone learns and that, yeah so that was pretty much probably one of the first mm. first things that we agreed that actually we want to hear from people yeah if you get the opportunity if you're not seeing it you get the opportunity to watch aaron franklin's masterclass you know and even he talks about some of the stuff that he made a mess of at the beginning it's a brilliant brilliant set of episodes to watch a little bit like way over the top in, in what he's doing and the way he does it and the planning and the prep that goes into what he does and the and the the sheer mastery of what he's doing is is unbelievable. 
But even the first talk- episode is like 40 minutes on just fire and yep. wood. Absolutely. <laughs> I know, it's amazing, how, how isn't it? Up, how to choose it. He's kind of like, oh yeah, I kind of like listen to the wood and I know how long that's going to burn for. And you're like, really? You know, and it, it's just the whole, that whole element of it. But again, he's a, another person who, who isn't scared to talk about, you know, he talks about his first brisket and, and stuff like that and what happened with that and how that went so wrong. So I think, you know, that's, I think you're right. I think we're all going through that, you know, regardless of who we are. The other thing which I'm personally enjoying is we're putting the questions out there, asking people to contact us who's listened to the episodes and either ask questions or, or kind of comment on it. And I know, again, this week we, we had another person message which Owen picked up and sent through to me, which was last episode we had a question about whether is the goal of barbecue to collect all the kit or, or does that take away some of, some of the love? But then we had someone called, I believe it was join the queue on Instagram kind of come in and say the tech thing is something that maybe we should talk about a little bit further and maybe even go a bit more in depth about. So, so maybe we can do it now, but talking about the fact that, you know, you can get apps for airflow on different things. You, you can literally make this <clears throat> hobby or passion as techy as you want it what's your thoughts steve on on that and and is it possible to go too far one way i think the the whole part about going too far really is a personal preference it really mm-hmm. depends on who you are and what you want you know one of one of the most one of the things that i've discovered through all of this and and, I, and and being honest i i haven't i haven't used this on my barbecue but i have i mean one of them is a meat thermometer that, that was one of the things I've never, ever owned in my life. I've never, ever owned one for all the times I've cooked barbecue. And I have now have a instant read thermometer. And mm-hmm. I also have one that connects to my phone that not, it's not, it's kind of wireless on obviously to my phone, but, and I haven't used it on the barbecue, but I have used it for cooking joints of meat in my oven. And it has completely transformed the way I cook. Yeah because I'm starting to trust the temperatures rather than the times. Yeah. And I think that has been a massive learning for me in the fact it was the way I'm thinking, oh, you know, I've got time to stick a probe in it and I'm not going to do all that. It just takes, it's just, I'll get it. You know, I'm going to feel this part of my hand to know if my steak is rare, Yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Right. But I haven't got the sensory for that. There's no way. So I think depending on what you want and depending on what you're trying to achieve, there is, there's a, a piece of tech for everyone. I, and I think you just have to make your choice as to what you want. You know, if I read, I, listening to the, uh, the previous podcast with the cook for everyone lady, I, I forget her name, apologies. Kirsty. Yeah, Kirsty. Kirsty. Yeah, sorry, which was, which was another great one. And she was talking about like the gravity fed, pellet i think she has a pellet barbecue mm. that she's she's using from trago and it's you know just using that from the phone and you can control it and everything like that and i know you guys were talking about it last week as well but for me you know you can you can do that with your oven of yeah. course you can you, you can absolutely do that with your oven you, you know we, you've got we've we've got a smart home everyone's got an alexa or something like that you know we have five in our house you know and they control our lights and and then it really does so they, we, we control our lights and mm. and everything like that so you know so i love tech but it has to be relevant mm-hmm. you know and it has to be relevant to what i'm trying to achieve you know i have alexa switch off my lights because i'm lazy and i can't be bothered to push the button you know it's part of that but really for the ones where the buttons are on the floor you know like the yeah. stand-up yeah. 
you know and i think i don't think i will go any further with any with what i've got you know like i say i think a rotisserie is tech Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i think because for me it runs off electricity so therefore it's got to be some kind of tech it's like the only electric thing i have on my barbecue yeah and i think just having that pride of coming back and say do you know what not only did I, they say, oh, the food tastes amazing. They say, yeah, but I also built the fire yeah, and I regulated the heat on the fire and I did that. And nothing did that apart from a little slidey thing that I've got on my barbecue in order for me to keep checking that. So I think, you know, tech tech is there for the people who want to achieve various things because I think there's things that you can't achieve without it. I've been thinking about it from, from the last podcast a, a lot because – I feel like I'm at the stage I've been talking to my wife about it and she kind of agrees where I don't know if it's that my my grill isn't big enough but I feel like I need a bigger cooking space outside and possibly a a larger or different style of barbecue that maybe I can do other things on I'd still definitely keep this one but I think that if I did make that jump I would be tempted to get that type of cooking machine but then i'd only probably use it apart from to mess about with if i was having a lot of people over and i needed to make sure that everything was done properly because if i'm cooking for myself i enjoy you know working the fire and and looking after it but if i'm going to be doing a long cook and i've got 12 13 14 people coming over in that situation i don't necessarily want to be literally stood at that kettle the whole time so in that, from that perspective, something like a master built or a, or a Traeger would take all of the worry and the effort out of that. If you're doing something long, like a brisket or like a big pulled pork or something like that, and you know, you're going to get the right level of smoke through it. But from day to day stuff, I don't think I would use it for that. Yeah. So I think last week I made it clear that I was leaning more towards less tech. Mm-hmm. Although, again, I have a rotisserie and I do have an instant read thermometer and I do use those. But if anything, the next thing for me is I want to go more fire. So I actually, I if I was to buy another barbecue, I'd probably go for an offset smoker mm-hmm. with a proper firebox where it's all wood based and I'm having to control the temperature through wood. So if anything, I'm, yeah, I almost want to kind of move away from the tech a little bit more and actually get back to using logs a bit like aaron franklin and that masterclass, yeah. you know and actually playing with the wood and moving the wood and making sure that it's actually you know regulating the temperature that perhaps you don't necessarily have to do with charcoal to some extent once you've got your charcoal going you do your dampers and that's it mm-hmm. doing wood is a whole different game but and whilst i do say this and that's that's my next step to kind of try and master fire more there is something very appealing about gadgets and, and using a pellet, you know, a pellet gr- uh, grill like the Traeger or, or even the, the uh, wireless app that, w- that you've just mentioned. And, and we were talking about last week, tech's cool, tech's fun generally. So yeah. there is always an appeal to that. So I, I think you're right, Steve, that it, it does really depend on personal preference. Mm. I mean, to be fair, if, if someone's going to offer me like a master built, like charcoal gravity fed <laughs> barbecue, I'm not going to say no, you know, I'm not going to go, oh no, actually, it's not really going to suit my needs so you can keep it. You know, if I happen to win something through the competitions, which is another thing I love about the community, by the way, yeah. but if, if there's something like that, that I'm going to win, it's, you know, I, I kind of put in for those and everything like that. But, you know, I think you're right. I, I think 
you know i and one of the things that i am fa- and you talking about wood as well owen is that one of the things i'm fascinated with is the ones that have the wood baskets in them and they're dragging the embers across like the open fire yeah. cooking which looks incredible you know it looks so so good you know you build your fire you wait for the embers to drop you move them across and then you cook over that which is probably as as probably natural as you can probably get without cooking on an open fire i think you know and i'm really fascinated with the the fuego barbecues if you've seen these no so they're kind of like it's kind of like a wagon (laughs) it's really weird and it's just a circular drum and it's got loads of attachment pieces on it where people put cast iron skillets on and things like that If, if you look at the fuego barbecues they just look amazing and they are completely fueled by wood they're they're amazing they've got a great tiktok page they've got a great instagram page you know they they look amazing and and they're they're coming in in big thing to the uk is it is is it like a circle that it's almost like the fire pits in the middle and then it's almost like a big plancher that goes all the way around uh is that it because i've seen oh okay no no it's not that no i know what you mean though with the circle in the middle no i know what you mean it's not a plancher it's literally just an open fire drum it's this really that's all it is it's like i don't know maybe an eight to ten inch wall around the outside of it and it's just like an open fire pit and it has attachments on the side you cast them you can you look for it's got attachments with grills and and pots and pans and stuff like that they look great but yeah it's a f-w-e-g-o i think it's like an argentinian thing or something like that but and it's really just open fire cooking that's that's all it is it's just that so i think i look at those and i'm like oh man they look so good and they look so much fun but then I'm kind of reminded of time and that kind of stuff, you know, because, you know, I'm finding faster ways to kind of get my charcoals ready to cook on without waiting for embers to fall out of wood to drag over well, yeah. to be able to use those, yeah. you know. It's, you know, so it, it's, it's kind of elements of that really. So, but I think, you know, everything has a purpose. I love gadgets much as the next person. I'm a, I'm a bloke, you know, I, I love a gadget. If something's going to do so, I'm going to play with it no matter what, you know, <laughs> and it's, and I, and I think just elements of that are, depending on what you want to achieve and depending on what you want to get you know there's something and the good thing about it is there is literally something for everything the more i think about it it's about saving time isn't it um Mm. that's why again i'd probably use them for sunday cooks i can definitely see why something like a traeger or master build would fit what i'm doing but it wouldn't be my main barbecue but i'd use it for big events and things like i reckon that if i'm currently barbecuing three times a week if i get the chance then i'd probably use it once a fortnight yeah but i think ian picked up ian made a really good point in the last podcast and he kind of said that you know if you've got if you've got a barbecue that kind of can regulate and maintain your temperature whilst also feeding the fuel for it and keep it at a steady temperature all the way through he goes then you've just basically got an outdoor oven yeah <laughs> and true. i think he said something like that i think that's it which i get i understand that but of course the missing ingredient in all of that is is the fuel it's which you don't get from your oven you know so if you've got something that is regulating it but you're getting the benefits of using the actual fuel source that you're using whether that be wood pellets or charcoal whatever that may be you're still probably going to get the benefit from the fuel and the flavor definitely yeah, of course definitely yeah i suppose sort of talking about what you were talking about earlier steve about time and when you make that next step from your ribs and wings and, and your kind of classic British barbecuing to go into the bigger pieces, the longer cooks, the slower cooks. Actually, something like a pellet, you know, pellet-fed Traeger or, or Masterbuilt would could probably suit you down to the ground in that you can control it from 
from work. You yeah. can put it on in the morning and you know what the temperature is, you know how to control mm-hmm. it. So that could offer a viable solution for you, you know, if, if time time pressures are a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know, and again, like I say, it's 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 a solution for everything. You know, it's like not saying, you know, I'd love to be able to go to work and I say, oh, what's for dinner tonight? I say, oh, actually, I've got a barbecue on now, you know, <laughs> and, and like here it is and I'm controlling it literally from my phone, which is bizarre but equally quite exciting to actually say that you know where it's come on obviously that far you know it's it's yeah i mean it's always a possibility you know and if and if they were if they were marketed as a time-saving tool then you know maybe maybe that's what they need to be looking at in, in in that in that sense you know but but again you're you're narrowing that down to the long cook and and you know it's know but if you can if you can fire it up and get it started from your phone then you know who's to say that it's not already done by the time you get home and you know yeah. and, and you're already ready to go by the time you get there you've literally just got to come and literally throw the food on as soon as you walk through the door it's already set and done you know so if- a lot of the pages that i've seen that are cooking on these types of machines that is now their main source of cooking really so, so like I really like an Instagram account called Scale and Taylor, um, who's a Canadian woman, and every single day her main cook is on her barbecue, every single day, and it, it's a pellet formed. And she openly says it's, it's better and easier to use than my oven. Why would I use anything else? Because I've got the added flavors. Uh, I suppose from that point of view, then yes, you've got an outdoor oven, but if it's achieving better things than your indoor oven, why why not? But that's a different argument. Yeah, I think so because you've got to add the fuel cost into that, which you mm-hmm. don't have with an oven, really. You know, obviously, because you pay for your electricity anyway. So I think, or gas, whichever you're using. But I think when you add another fuel source in it, it's not just the time, but it's also the additional fuel source as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. I think ultimately, for me, I just I like collecting barbecues, and I'd have <laughs> I just I'd have one of every I'd have one of everything to be honest. Yeah. I'd love to. I mean, I, I I really would love to, and I'd love to kind of take that step. But you know, it's now isn't the time for me. It's 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 not my time just yet. You know, it's coming. It, it will come. I know it will. It's something that I certainly aim to have. You know, and I I do laugh at some things I watched. Uh, <laughs> I'm very audible when I watch TV programs, and I talk along with the TV program. I can't help it. It's just habit. But I watched the Tom Carriage barbecue series. Yes, I watched that. Yeah, you watched that, which is great, did, which is yeah. really great and everything like that. And I remember sitting there and he said, oh, we're just going to cook the good old British banger and everything like that. So get your barbecue lit up and he walks over to his big green egg. And I'm like, not everyone's <laughs> got a big green egg in their back garden, mate. Come on. You know, I, want you, I want you to walk over and pick up your foil trade barbecue that you pick up from a petrol station from a pound and cook your bangers on that. I said, because, but, and this is the thing, you know, it's about matching up to the audience and i think that's what the community does is it you can find anybody who's got the same equipment as you and yeah. you know and you can do that when you're watching these people you know watching the aaron franklin masterclass and he's using like a 17 foot offset barrel smoker that's with like a 45 inch wood like compartment on the side 
it's just ridiculous, you know, and you kind of think, and that that's one thing that frustrates me in the fact that you watch these TV programs and they go, oh yeah, come and watch my barbecue TV program. And he's using one of the most expensive, bar- like one of the expensive kind of, I don't want to call it a barbecue. I guess I don't call them a barbecue, but you know what I mean? Mm, one of the most yeah. expensive products that you can possibly get, which a very small percentage of people are ever going to have, or I'd be lucky enough to have. We don't really talk about Facebook that much and mm. it's more Instagram and yeah. I think to be fair, like yourself, most of our guests are more active on Instagram and I think the, pr- the platform suits itself better to, to, to the type of stuff that we do. But one of the good things based on what you were just saying is there are dedicated Facebook groups for Weber Kettle fans or yeah. Smoky Mountain fans. That's also another great thing about the, the social media side uh, and Facebook specifically, which you don't have necessarily on Instagram, is you can, if you're interested in a particular barbecue, you can hone in on like-minded people that have that piece of kit as well, um, which yeah. is also really, really, really good. Yeah, definitely. I have a Facebook page as well. So we're under the same name, under Mr. Beads underscore barbecue is, is the same. And it's only really just started. So it's just really got a few friends on it and stuff like that at the moment. I put a few things on there uh, because I find following the account pages of things like butchers and things like that are more prominent because the shops are connected a little bit better through Facebook than they are mm-hmm. through Instagram that the user experience is a bit easier to, to to work with and I think yeah there's there's a really great group on there called uh, the fellowship of the grill which is which is a really good page well I think they're on Instagram now as well but there's definitely there's a great Facebook following only a very small handful of people from the UK are in that at the when I when I joined it anyway there was only a few in there it's got. A, it's a very big American thing. Obviously, obviously they they do love that. But uh, but it's a great and again some great recipes, some great ideas, same kind of thing. Really, it's it's just really a massive resource for anybody who wants to get into any of this. You know, you can literally do anything. I learned to spatchcock a chicken through YouTube. You know, it's literally just through YouTube, and I only watched it once. Show off. <laughs> well, you know, so, some 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 people some people just can. You know, some, 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 some people can just whip the backbone out of a chicken with only just by watching it once. It's not hard. Uh, but no, you but just no, did it with your hand as well. You didn't even well, use now, a knife. now I'm now I'm just using my teeth, man. I just bite it out. It's easy. So, yeah, uh, but, yeah, I'm not a fan of tech. I'm not going to use a knife. I'm not going to use kitchen scissors. I'm going to use my teeth and my Absolutely. claws. That's it. <laughs> just my teeth and just grow my nails. There's so much resource out there. It's hard to like. And I mean, like I say, I've never. I would never say I can't do that. Never. You know, I know I can do that because I know there's there's literally a tutorial for everything. You can mm-hmm. literally do anything. It's just having the time and, and being ready to to take that leap. When I had my Brinkman Rock <laughs> to the barbecue community, it wasn't so great. Uh, <laughs> so, just Adam Rickman who didn't come for ribs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Steve. Mm. I really appreciate you joining us and I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, no, guys, thank you so much. You know, like I say, it's, you know, the experience has been great, you know, and, and actually, and you know what, putting putting faces to the messages and, and the, the, the Instagram page is another big thing for this, I think. You know, it's it, it's just another resource that we can all use and, and we can all get on board with and who knows, maybe you'll start releasing video podcasts one day and get people in. I'll come. I'll come to the studio. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Steve. No we'll, problem, uh, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon and we look forward to seeing what you're going to cook with chicken livers. Oh my God, I can't wait. Yeah, I've got my mind <laughs> racing already so I can't stop thinking about it. And my dog is like <laughs> staring at me through the door as if they go, did you say chicken liver? Uh, so, but yeah, but no, I'll, I'll get on it and, uh, and we'll get something sorted. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it.
Cheers. Cheers thanks Steve. so much. Thanks, thanks, lads. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, guys. That's it for another episode of the Meet and Greet Barbecue Podcast. A huge thank you to Steve from Mr. Bead's Barbecue. Please go check out his Instagram and Facebook accounts. To find out more and see more about other content, follow us on Meet and Greet Barbecue Podcast, the hashtag Meet and Greet Barbecue Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you've got anything that you'd like us to discuss in the podcast, please reach out to us either via social media or email us at Meet and Greet Barbecue Podcast at gmail.com. And from us, we will see you again next week. <laughs>